operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. back and better than ever comic revolution podcast as always i'm rock and with me the lawrence olivier to my vivian lee <laughs> steven <laughs> you hey i'll take that <laughs> you're like "Ooh, that's a good one yeah. <laughs> uh hey vivian lee's no slouch either that is true mm-hmm. yes absolutely she knows how to br- she knew how to bring it at least huh well you know <laughs> Uh, as always, Stephen, you can check us out online at thecombookrevolution.com. Check all our news, reviews, commentary, and whatnot. This week, we have posted, Stephen, I don't mm. know if you've seen what has been up this week, but you've got Kevin. He's posted a review of, um, who did he do? He did Batman number 87. Mm-hmm. He also did a buy or skip Brian Bendis's Legion of Superheroes. It's a deal ah. where Kevin will review an issue, three issues mm-hmm. of a comic book. And decide whether he wants to add it to his pull list or not. Okay. And then give advice whether other people might want to do so. Uh, spoiler alert, he did skip on Brian Bennett's <laughs> Legion of Superheroes. Obviously, Kevin has been reading my reviews and nodding his head along with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Kevin also did a Marvel Comics April 2020 solicitation analysis. Mm-hmm. And then did an April 2020 solicitation analysis for Boom, Image, and IDW. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And Kevin also put up there nope i did it my bad um <laughs> never mind uh he no he did a dc comics april 2020 solicitations analysis yes. as well okay i put a uh, retro review up on the website steven mm-hmm. since bendis's legion superheroes the four boot has been a massive disappointment we'll get to that when we get to the sales in the news section yeah. uh i did a review of adventure comics number 282 mm-hmm. first appearance of Starboy. Uh, as people know, you can go over to the Comic Book Revolution, and you can check out. I, I basically started reviewing the Legion Superheroes since the very first appearance, and we are marching <laughs> our way through. And it's kind of fun, Stephen, to do it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's neat. What's really cool is uh, obviously these are all in the '60s right now. We're in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to see how the industry's changed for mm-hmm. the better. To be fair, a lot for the better, and some for the worse. Just because yeah. you know this this whole belief that is that. Newer is better. That, that is not true. No. Uh, go look at the, for example, go look at the, uh, the the wood beams and materials used to build your new house and compare it to one from the nineteen, uh, you know, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. New does not mean better. <laughs> That's fair. And what I've noticed is the, yeah, I, I know, um, you know, we we modern artists get a lot of love compared to Silver Age artists, but mm-hmm. I tell you what, there's something really pleasing about these simple lines mm-hmm. of, of that Silver Age 1960s style artwork. Yes, I get it. All, you know, a lot of the faces look similar and hairstyles are similar. <laughs> I, I, I concede all that, but something about the simple lines, it's very, the minimalist appeal. I mean, I, and I'm a minimalist. Mm-hmm. I love mid-century architecture. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love mid-mod. I like simple lines, minimalist lines. And there's something about civil, the Silver Age artwork that really touches on that for me. I don't know. Do you mm-hmm. like Silver Age artwork or you're kind of like, ugh? I know a lot of modern readers just can't deal with it. Well, the the best artist to ever work on a comic book is still Jack Kirby. So, 
There you go. And I think even most modern artists would still say that. Right. So and, and, you know, <laughs> I know people don't talk about him as much over Kurt Swan. Yeah. Kurt Swan. Oh, yeah. Just just beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, the uh, George Papp is the artist who's handling a lot of these comics yeah. that I'm reviewing now. Otto Gosh. Binder is doing the uh, writing for most of them. Right. And um, it's and Jerry Siegel as well. Yeah. And so it's 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 interesting. The char- and what's interesting, the character work. Obviously, if if you love character work, modern day comics do a better job. Uh, these these comics that I'm reviewing, these early Legion issues, the mm-hmm. character work is not really super strong. Everyone's basically a stereotype. You know, a lot of the characters kind of have the same kind of bland personality. Yeah. Very kind. Of, and the dialogue is uh, a little a little stiff. Yeah. Sometimes the older comics can be a little more about what's on the page yes. instead of like what's being written. It's like, okay, the yeah. writing is an excuse for things to happen right. so the artist can make it look cool. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say as far as plotting and plot progression and pacing and yeah. story content, Silver Age comics give you way more bang for your buck. Yeah. It, it just Adventure <laughs> Comics 282, for example, the one I just reviewed, had more plot progression, more story content than the first three issues of Bendis's Legion of Superheroes, and it's not even close. Yeah. So it does have that too. So I'm just I'm just saying there's you know, not everything is better. True. Well, there was no uh, writing for the trade back in the day. That is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as well as the website, Steve and everyone can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. Mm-hmm. Check us out at our Facebook page, Comic Revolution Facebook page, and Stephen. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Rock Two Ks <laughs> Revolution. You, Stephen. And you can check me out on Twitter at President Glover. Nice. All right, my friend. Mm -hmm. For this podcast, I figured we would tackle six titles. Six. Six titles, my friend. Three from Marvel, three from DC. Imagine Mm. that. Yes. Interesting. And uh, (laughs) what a selection of comics I picked for us. My, My thinking was this. I'll explain why I picked what I picked. From the House of the Mouse, I picked Atlantis Attacks. It's a number one issue. I had to do that. It's the number one issue, right? Yep. Yeah, Steven's like, yep, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Again, it's the number one issue. I didn't I had even to... know they rebooted. I, I, it was just at <laughs> number 12 last month. Yeah. Oh. So I had to add that. And to round it out from Marvel, I figured we did Marauders in the last podcast. I figured we would dip in on another one of the X-Men titles and do Excalibur, number mm-hmm. six. And then from DC, I figured, hey, Steven, yes. Wonder Woman has reverted back to her original numbering mm-hmm. with Wonder Woman number 750. We got to do that. This has to be a very important issue designed <laughs> to pull in new readers like me. So I had to add that to the list. Mm-hmm. I then threw Shazam number 10 in because you know I love me some Shazam. Mm-hmm. And we haven't reviewed it in a while. Yes. And then out of nowhere, Stephen, I put Batman number 87. <laughs> we have not, Stephen, we have not reviewed a Batman comic in, Stephen, I don't know if we've ever reviewed a Batman comic on the podcast going all the way back to our first episode. Have we? I don't know if we've ever reviewed one. I think we did two. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, but, you know, new writer. Right. So figured might as well. I figured now is the time. The reason why, honestly, the reason why we haven't done Batman, oh, I've not selected Batman. Mm-hmm. Two big reasons. One, Kevin religiously reviews the Batman titles. Yes. And I figure, look, he's getting he, – and he does a great job with the reviews. Mm-hmm. And if people want to know about you know our take on the Batman titles, Kevin's got them more than covered. Yeah. And the other second reason why is I just 
I don't like Tom King. I don't know what to say. I just, I just, you know, like, I don't like Brian Bendis. There's just some writers that don't click with me. Eh, that's okay, that's yeah. just how it is. I some people don't like Grant Morrison. I adore him. Yeah. So I get it. I, I totally get it. There are some writers that just don't click with some people, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I know some yes. people that don't like Jeff Johns at all. I, I love Jeff Johns. So, I mean, it happens. Um, uh, I, I think now that's a little weird. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I would say that Je- Jeff Johns is nowhere near as divisive as Brian Bendis no. or Tom King. Mm-mm. Nowhere near. Or Grant Morrison, for that matter. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I Grant can that. be pretty divisive at times. Yeah, at times. At times, when no, he when he when they let him off the leash, when he can yes, be a little without adult supervision. My yeah. boy Grant, <laughs> I love him. Don't get me wrong, I love him. But without adult supervision, he can get a little crazy. Yeah. But they don't tend to be as divisive as King and, and Bendis. No, and so because of that, I was like, well, what's the point in reviewing it? I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, just not gonna like it. Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah. You know, so I let Kevin do it because he he was doing a good job. And he loves the title and he's he's fine with King and I thought mm-hmm. he was doing a fair job. Yeah. So anyhow, but since James Tinian the Fourth is now on Batman, I figured this is a great time for us to hop aboard and, yeah. and, and do a, a review of it. All right, so that's what we have, Stephen. Let's start mm-hmm. with. Should we start with the House of the Mouse? Well, I think you're contractually obligated to do so because it's Disney. So. You know, uh, <laughs> and for the record, I am wearing my Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. t-shirt that I got in uh, the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion, hands down, the best ride at Magic Kingdom. Fight me. Anywhere, any day, any time. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> but is it the best movie from Disney based no, on the ride? <laughs> no, no. That movie with Eddie Murphy was terrible. Yeah. It was just awful. Okay. That was a dumb question, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excalibur number six. This issue, the words by Teeny Howard, the mm-hmm. art by Marcus Toe. Colors by Eric Arseniega. Mm-hmm. And in this issue, Stephen, we, the, the gist of this is you've got Betsy Braddock is now, of course, Captain Britain because, because that's what Marvel does these days. Mm-hmm. And she and her team have to defend Britain and all of Earth from mystical threats. Right now we've got Morgan Le Fay, who mm-hmm. is attacking Otherworld, trying to claim it as her own. And Morgan Le Fay is possessed. Brian Braddock. Mm-hmm. And now Excalibur is in Otherworld and fighting them. And we have a, a recently awakened rogue who is knocked out, who has drained Apocalypse of his life force. Mm-hmm. He dies. And now she has Apocalypse powers. Yep. Great. So this issue begins with, of course, Apocalypse being reborn because mm-hmm. that's what we do. Yeah, that's what the X-Men do now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get a little nap of conquered Al- Avalon showing mm-hmm. what part's been conquered, what's the you know, contested territory and where the white witches uh, forces are. White witch is the bad, bad guy. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we know that uh, conquered Alavan, uh, sorry, conquered Avalon is, is uh, now being ruled by King Jamie. Mm, go figure, huh? Mm. Don't know about that choice. No. So we have Excalibur <laughs> battling the minions of Morgan Le Fay. And Are there no other witches? Is nope. it just Morgan Le Fay? Absolutely. If there's ever to be a, some type of, of of witch to be used, it's always it's always Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> I, I I just read this. I was like, I feel like we get like an appearance by her at least twice a year somewhere. Uh, it's we like, do. oh, we need a witch. Nope. Oh, let's Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we it, haven't used her in six months. I know. <laughs> it's like they really need some other ones, don't they? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Morgan Le Fay, but enough. I mean, enough. Right? Yeah, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Amen, brother. Just saying. <laughs> so, um, old man Apocalypse appears back on the fight scene. He's mm-hmm. all, like, he's like Yoda from the prequels with his cane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Yoda, you're a malingerer. We know you kick ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Apocalypse. That must be a pretty, um, pretty uh, sturdy stick for him to lean on. He's it. a big guy. The stick looks really tiny, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know how that tiny little <laughs> stick is, is holding up this massive man, but uh, well, you know, comics. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Morgan Le Fay, the, the, the battling stops, and Morgan Le Fay and, and Apocalypse showdown, and Apocalypse like, hey, let's do a battle. Uh, duel of champions to the death to decide who wins, <laughs> right? And Apocalypse goes, my champion, Betsy Braddock, mm-hmm. versus your champion, Morgan, Brian Braddock, who is, of course, in some kind of bondage knight outfit. Of course. Why not? Really? And uh, we then cut to Betsy. I, I, you know, I guess uh, Morgan agrees to it. And so we see Betsy before the fight, and she's talking to Rogues, and I don't know if I can do this. He's my brother. He's being controlled by Morgan. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You've seen this... You've seen this scene yeah. like literally a quadrillion times before, Stephen. Yeah. In this moment, but I don't know if I can fight my insert family member or insert friend or insert old teacher who's now mm-hmm. mine. What it's there's nothing original about this, Stephen. Yeah, and of course they bring up, well, hey, if he kills you, we can just bring you back. Oh, I know which which you know, Stephen. Yeah. Th- look, here, here's the problem with that. When the when Teeny Howard does that, you are completely robbing the scene of any stakes whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The reader now does not care about this upcoming duel. We don't care Mm -hmm. because we know, well, if our hero in air quotes is Betsy, Mm -hmm. though I'm rooting for Brian, um, our hero, if she dies, she's just going to bloop and then she's back to life again. You rob the scene of any and all importance mm-hmm. in any stakes and the reader just doesn't care anymore. We, we're, we, we don't care. We're not yeah. tense. We're not worried. It, that is horrible writing. Yeah. I don't think that when Jonathan Hickman did that, that it was supposed to be a crutch to be lazy. And unfortunately, Stephen, I think that's what we're beginning to see Yes, in, in writers, in lesser writers. No offense. The Teeny Howard, she's not Jonathan Hickman. No. I mean, I, I, think, she, I think she would admit to that, too. She's, she's no Jonathan Hickman. No. Most writers aren't Jonathan Hickman. No. <laughs> okay. And I think you're right. I think it's becoming a, it's becoming a crutch in lazier writers, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So we then, <laughs> we then cut to the duel scene, and of course, who wins the duel? Durr. Uh, Betsy. Yes. Not a surprise there. Mm-hmm. And we then see uh, Brian breaking free from the grasp of, of Morgan Le Fay. Mm-hmm. And then we see Jamie as sitting on his throne and Brian dies or he's dying. I'm sorry. And Betsy goes, bring him back to life, bring him back to life. And Jamie's like, well, in other world, you know, Jamie has reality bending power. Mm-hmm. So Jamie is a, is literally a God. Yes. Whatever he wants goes. Mm-hmm. And so he snaps the fingers and bloop, you know, bring <laughs> to life, Brian. And then he, uh, puts Morgan in a cage, mm-hmm. and so off she goes to the Jamie's sex dungeon or wherever he takes her. <laughs> out and uh, keeping the theme of the issue, Stephen. And then again, just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't. Because mm-hmm. this was just weird, and not a good weird, but a weird like I don't want to be seeing this scene anymore. Weird, and why am I rooting for this character? 
and these two are related to each other, and this thing should not happen between people who are related, mm-hmm. okay? There should be no physical touching of any kind between brother and sister. Sorry. So this is what happens. Jamie's sitting there. He hasn't quite. He hasn't decided to revive Brian yet, mm-hmm. right? He's he has captured Morgan and shipped her off in the cage. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's like, bring him back. He's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And she, Stephen, puts her boot on his balls. Yeah. And squeezes, and says, bring him back, or you, I'm basically gonna squish your nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, be careful, I want airs. Stephen, maybe this worked for you. I, brother and sister, I don't need to see any type of S&M stepping on balls moment, period, Stephen. It just didn't work for me. It mm. didn't work at all. It was a massive, massive miss. I don't think you would ever have Jamie stepping on Betsy's boobs and telling her to do something. Because <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I, well, at this point, I mean, there, I, there might be a few characters to get away with this, Steven, like maybe Celine, the black <laughs> queen, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, if I, if I recall correctly at this point, I wasn't aware that they were related. So oh. it became weird later. Oh, when you realize they were related, you're like, uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, that should, that touching should not happen between brother and sister. Yeah, I was like, that was a little odd. And I was like, wait, weren't you Psylocke? Can't you like take control of his mind or something? No, or... She doesn't have those powers anymore. Oh, yeah, okay. So Quanon has those powers. Okay. You're like, okay, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, Brian gets brought back to life. Yeah. All's well that ends well. You know, Betsy's like, this is stupid to leave Jamie as king of Otherworld. And Apocalypse like, I made the right decision, so just deal with it. Huh. We then cut back okay. to... <laughs> I know, okay, moving on. That's all explanation you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we cut to, oh, Stephen, on Krakoa. It's a hot tub scene, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Hot tub scene between Rogue and Gambit. Mm-hmm. And because they're in Krakoa, you know, they can get nasty, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, you know, suck his powers or knock him out or kill him or anything. That's right. And we talk, they talk about, they have a nice conversation. This is a two-page scene, Stephen, which is probably two more pages than I was expecting, about how they, she doesn't want to have kids, even though they could have kids now, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want kids because, I don't know, she doesn't want kids. And mm-hmm. he's like, not a problem, let's just have lots of sex instead. Yeah, when? Hey, go for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If I was Gambit, I'd be pretty psyched about this this prospect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we cut to Braddock Manor, and we have Brian, and he's holding the Sword of Might, and he's crying like, I'm a loser, and I failed, and blah, 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 blah. And Betsy's like, where did you get the Sword of Might from? What? Mm. Right? And <laughs> he's like, look, you know, because the, the Sword of Might and the Amulet of Right, good rhyming, are the two things that make Captain Britain Captain Britain. Yes. Right? And those are the two things that, that Brian found and became Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. And the true Captain Britain will always always um, take the, the amulet over the sword, evidently. I think that's the... Or something I, like that. I think that, yeah, because it's about your character and right. not your, oh, I'm going to cut something with this. <laughs> right. And so. It's very British. <laughs> and, so, and, and that's what, and because originally Brian Braddock spurned the sword in favor of the amulet. And then mm-hmm. he became, he became Captain Britain. Yes. Okay. But this time, evidently he took the blade. 
I don't know when this happened, Stephen. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I guess while he was in prison by Morgan Le Fay, I missed an issue, so maybe I missed something. Um, and I was like, wait, when was he ever not Captain Britain? First issue when she became reset? Captain Britain. Oh. Yeah, yeah. First issue she became so Captain he Britain. could have become Captain Britain again. Right. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and then he, 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 she. You know, Betsy's like, "Oh no, you're righteous. Uh, you're a righteous, virtuous knight of the realm." You know, blah 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 blah. And he holds the sword and transforms into his OG-looking, a very reminiscent of his OG yes. Captain Britain outfit with the lion heart mm-hmm. logo on his chest. But it's more of a, a knight style one than his original one. It's more knight armor looking. It's a cool costume. Yeah, I like it. It's a very cool pretty, costume. Pretty dope, man. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> And um, so I, Betsy is going to looks appears to give him the amulet, and he's like, "No, you keep the amulet and take the sword, right?" I yeah, I and, and lock the sword they, away. Like, eat, oh, oops. <laughs> he says he can't wield it with pride, and for your safe for your safety and my own, you, know, you got to lock it away. And she what? looks like she's handing him the amulet, and he's kind of pushing it away, it looks like, as he's handing her the sword. Okay. Yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> and so then we have King Jamie uh, approaching Apocalypse in his lab, and, and Apocalypse is like, yeah, I may respect your authority in other world, but don't interrupt me while I'm working. Yeah, it looks like he's doing some... Surgery! Some stuff to Morgan, Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> and, and we do, we get a one-page info, you know, those little info pages yeah that tells you about um how he's performing an autopsy well not really an autopsy because she's still alive right right so he's (laughs) so he's messing around with her trying to figure out what makes her tick i guess and um how it relates with um mutants and the whole component y Mm -hmm. thing that's uh such a threat to other world and requires containment so that's the issue Mm -hmm. steven we kind of addressed a few things during the review, uh, during the synopsis. Um, right. Excalibur number six overall, what'd you think? Well, <laughs> um, to say that, well, okay, I haven't been reading this because... Yeah, you just hopped in for this issue. Y- well, right? I, uh, more like you pushed me onto <laughs> it. I, be- I-, I read the first three issues. <laughs> I-, I read the first three issues bailed on issues four and five. Cause I was just, I was like, I can't take this yeah. and then pop back, <laughs> pop back in for number six to see how they were going to wrap up the, the, the first story arc. Yeah. Well, I didn't have any of that. So even we talked about recap pages last time. Um, I was still lost. Yeah. But, um, how quickly a story arc can get out of control where by the sixth issue, a new reader already feels lost. Yeah. Even with a recap page. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> yeah, so I was... I just I just don't know. I was... Um, I was confused. I... I was kind of surprised by how quickly they it seemed like they rushed through everything like the fight with between the two captains britain only lasts like yeah two pages like Real maybe quick. even not even two pages maybe a page yeah and i'm like it was crazy fast you're right steven it was it was two pages but even in those two pages it was maybe like four panels it was really fast yeah and then they got to the 
like the stuff with um like with Apocalypse being dead, well he obviously he comes back right at the beginning and it's like one page. It's like, yeah, oh, don't do this again, or Professor X tells him that. I'm like Right. Okay. And then Rogue has his powers for a couple pages and then she doesn't have them at the end. I assume they just went away, but I don't know that. It's because it's moving so quickly. I'm like, what? What? What's going on right, here? Right. I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how much that to attribute to just not having followed it or right. just it's not told well. Right. Because, I mean, I know, and this is a very modern thing. It's like, if you're not following, then that's just your problem. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's how the both companies tend to look at it. Oh, I agree. And so, I don't know. I'm... I like the art. Okay, I thought it yeah. was thought it was neat. Yeah, in some art's parts. solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think Brian Braddock is Captain Britain. He looks that's a great costume. Yeah, I think it's a really cool costume. I like that yeah, a lot. I like that one too. Um, there, I don't know. Not a whole lot of the other Excalibur members get anything to do. No. There is a there is a dragon. The dragon looks kind of cool. Yeah, Jubilee rides a dragon. Oh, that was Jubilee. Yep. It didn't look like Jubilee. <laughs> yep, yep, not Jubilee. So, yeah, it. Did you did you spot Rector in there? I did spot Rector in there. Why they he's did. dressed up like a ranger from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I'm like, when has Rector ever had this medieval fantasy? Yeah, shtick? I guess he got that at the same time Kitty got her pirate uh, cosplay fetish. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's not that I dislike any of these characters. I just wonder, like, where are we going with this? What are they doing? Yeah, well, Why are we have so many of these characters if you're not going to give any of them anything to do? Right. Why are they yeah. here if you're not doing anything with them? Because honestly, outside of Betsy Braddock, that's it. Yeah. They gave Rogue that two pages where they she did. had something of a personality. It's like, yeah, I don't, they well, I want, want me to have a kid, but I don't want to have a kid. Right. Which. That's the only one that, like, okay, well, this kind of ties into, like, the, the creepy kind of cult thing that's going on now. Yes. And it's like, of course they would want, you know, you to have, like, a kid. I'm, Reproduce. Exactly. <laughs> it's, um, so I've been listening to a podcast series on Heaven's Gate, so I'm uh-huh. like, yeah. like, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds that. about right for a cult kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, other than that, it's like Gambit has his lines in that two pages and then maybe he has two no personality somewhere else it's like yeah okay i don't know why that. <laughs> I, I agree this the problems with excalibur mirror the problems with marauders well not all the problems are the same well but yeah. one <laughs> there's one main problem with marauders that you see in excalibur marauders is basically the kitty pride and nobody and we don't know why the other characters are even in the comic because yeah. they don't get any time, mm-hmm. they don't get any dialogue, they don't get any character work, they don't get any story arc. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're there. Same thing with Excalibur. Outside of Betsy Braddock, why are these other characters here? They don't yeah. play a purpose, they don't have a story arc, they don't have a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, Gambit, why is he there? <laughs> is he just there to be the 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 dutiful uh, bow to, to uh, Rogue? I mean, he doesn't have a role. He has no role outside of rogue yeah he has no role he mm-hmm. is not his own individual yeah uh, richter why is he there why is he there he, to, he's to not do used a, to do a cool action panel right <laughs> jubilee why is she there it's just it's yeah. it's couldn't even tell that it was her no I mean. it, if you're gonna make it 
like Marauders, if you're going to make it a team title, it's called mm-hmm. Excalibur, make it a team title. Give all the characters, all the roster, mm-hmm. equal time, or roughly equal time. Give each of them a specific role on the team, a specific mm-hmm. purpose on the title, yeah. and then give each one their own character arc. Mm-hmm. None of that happens here. No, and it's not like... Because that's the thing, because I, I can already hear, like, well, it's then it wouldn't nothing would happen because you're trying to shove everybody's story. They don't all have to be going at the same right, time. It right, just has right. to be something. They have to be there. They have to be right. present. Right. They don't have to feel like um right. uh, what's a, a backdrop, you know, like right. oh well that person's here. Uh-huh. It's like okay, that's and I always have a thing with team titles where like I would like to have everybody's name like said by yeah. one of the other characters at least once. Right. I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if they pass that test in this issue. Like I mm-hmm. want like actual interaction between right. each of the the team members. It doesn't have to be well this person has to talk to each other person on the team. It has to be like they all have to have some kind of right. you know real interaction. Mm-hmm. Not just we have to do this or yes. we go over here and do that. It's more like a I don't know. Tell me what your favorite color is, you know. That's <laughs> something. You know, it's not right, just right. generic rando action yeah. thing you know no i agree i agree i I, I think the issue is messy yeah i think that the plotting and structure of the issue is very very messy mm-hmm. and very chaotic it's not it's not well thought out it's not well structured yeah and i think the character work is largely absent mm-hmm. nobody has a real personality yeah. at all mm-hmm. the dialogue is just kind of bland and there's no chemistry because there's no no actual character work so how can you have chemistry on a team title when the characters don't have character work yeah I don't know. I like at the end with the stuff with with Brian Braddock. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but I feel like this should like make me feel something yep. for him. You know that I should feel bad for him. But and I'm just like, if yeah. you say so, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just very flat. Yeah, it's it's funny because this team with Apocalypse being on it, it it's like, well, this could be like the Justice League Odyssey where yes. they use Dark Side. Yes. For that. But yeah. it just seems kind of, I don't know. It just feels very shallow and uncreative. Yeah, even with Apocalypse, who, I mean, is kind of a generic character anyway, yeah, but he's just blah. kind of... Blah. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it's yeah. all very blah. Yeah. So how would you grade Excalibur number six? Um, I will give the writing a... I'll give it a four, mm-hmm. and that's... I'm giving an extra point because I don't know if it's because I missed something for mm-hmm. the previous issues mm-hmm. or not. So I'm trying to be a little fair. Right. And the art, I'll give a six. Okay. It's okay. It's better than average. Yep. It's got some moments. I agree. I agree. I will go four Nichols out of 10 for the writing. I'll go seven Nichols out of 10 for the art, just a shade bit higher. There you go. Yeah. All right, my friend. Atlantis attacks number one. Oh, boy. You know this is going to be good. It's a number one issue, Stephen. The writer, Greg Pak. The artist, Ario Anandito. And the colors is Rochelle Rosenberg. Stephen, in this one, it takes place on the portal city of Pan, which is that high, that techno network of Asian cities where Asian people from all the Asian countries can kind of come together. And mm-hmm. hang out. If you're not from an Asian country, evidently, Stephen, you're not welcome. But if it's Asian, all Asian countries are welcome because those are the only ones there. So if you're from Africa, 
or South America or Australia. Well, Australia would be included, but South America and Africa, pound sand. You're not welcome in pan, pal. There you go. Um, anyhow, I know, sad. Because it looks really nice. I'd like to go. I'd like to go, but I don't get to go. Well, Africa has a, has a song by Toto named after them, so they have that. Uh, they do have that. Yeah. Okay. So we have... It's sand. Porn on the board. Yes. <laughs> um, the new agents of Atlas, of course, are the supergroup that protect Pan. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we see Amadeus Cho, who's the leader of the new Agents of Atlas. Man, mm-hmm. the original Agents of Atlas, Stephen, was so damn good. Do you remember that? Did you ever yeah, read it? Yeah, that was Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker. Yeah. It was so damn good. It was the. Mm. It was such a cool, weird, <laughs> eclectic roster, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. It was the craziest roster. It was just so <laughs> offbeat and funky. It was brilliant. It was something I would have expected from Grant Morrison. Yeah, you know, with, with, the kind of, with, the, with the kind of raw, with the kind of cast of characters mm-hmm. and the kind of stories they had, it was so. But that Parker's agent, it was so unique. Mm-hmm. It really was. It yeah. was a brilliant comic that offered a truly unique and different reading experience that you weren't going to get from DC and Marvel's other comics. It was, yeah. and it never sold well. No, it never sold well, and it did not last as long as I wanted. Nope, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It was too bad. It's too was, bad. Did it ma- even make it 12 issues? <sighs> Barely. I think I had two yeah, miniseries or something of, like that. Yeah. At least the game of the year. It was, it, it was unfortunate. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. The new Agents of Atlas, Stephen, are kind of a miss for me, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> I, they, they just seem so generic and lame compared to the original Agents of Atlas. The original Agents of Atlas, Stephen, had such an insanely bizarre and diverse roster. Yeah. The new Agents of Atlas are literally not diverse. <laughs> In any in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and the original agents of Atlas were just original. The original agents of Atlas were so offbeat and really made you think. Mm-hmm. And the new agents of Atlas just feel like very corporate produced, which is ironic because of what's happening in the story. <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? <laughs> you know. Anyhow, so Amadeus Cho and. Cindy Moon, aka Silk. The only ones I recognized out of that was like, who are these other people? Who was everyone else? Yeah. And yeah. it was it's just <laughs> it's basically um all the superheroes that Marvel has from the various um Asian mm-hmm. countries. Except for Shang Chi for some reason. Yeah, he's not in here, which is kind of weird, but yeah. anyhow. <laughs> so we then suddenly see uh Imperius Rex himself, Namor, mm-hmm. on the scene attacking Amadeus Cho, and he is Pissed. When is he not, um, though? Right. be honest. <laughs> we cut to 24 hours earlier in the Shanghai sector, sector of Pan and the Seoul sector of Pan and the Manila sector of Pan, all under like some kind of attack of some lightning storm and big waves and whatever else. Mm-hmm. We see Wave, ah. appropriately named hero, show up and help someone uh, from a big giant sea creature that's attacking. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of gets evacuated. Everyone gets evacuated. And then we have the new agents of Atlas meeting up. It's Silk and Wave and, and Cho. And they're like, what is going on? What are we under attack for? What is happening, right? Mm-hmm. And then we bring in Swordmaster, who is Lin Lee, and White Fox, who is Amy Han. And Isaac Ikeda, and, he, and these are all part of the protectors of Pan. 
right? Mm -hmm. Right. And we start looping all these characters into the story as well, uh, uh, concerning whatever threat is starting to happen to Pan. They don't know what's who's coming after him, but they know someone is coming after them, Mm -hmm. sending these attacks their way. We then cut to Atlantis, and Namor is being informed that Pan has stolen the dragon, some Atlantic Atlantis dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've trapped her in their portal city, and they're using the dragon, the Atlantis's dragon magic to power their city. Atlantean magic. Namor's like, uh-uh, you do not use Atlantean magic to power your city. Mm-hmm. No way. And so we cut to Namor, back to the present day of Namor attacking mm-hmm. Pan, Cho, battling with him. Namor and Cho go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Namor tells him what he wants, and Cho's like, well, let's just talk about it. We can, we can, you know, we can, we can maybe work a deal out. And Namor's like, eh, no, 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 work deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work deals. And so at this point, Cho gets some backup from the new agents of Atlas, all the various characters that we just mentioned, right. including the new giant man. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I didn't know that. <laughs> and so Namor's like, okay, I'm not afraid of you people. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what I'll do. I'll give you one day to return my dragon or face the wrath of Atlantis. He then hops back in the ocean and swims away. Mm-hmm. Tro and Silk are like, what in the world do we do? And Cho's like, well, we're in trouble because now he knows our strength. We've showed him our hand. He knows our full team. He knows what our strength level is, what our power level is. Now he can bring an army back that's big enough to beat us. Wow, great job there. Um, eighth smartest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would think for someone that smart, he wouldn't fall for that trap. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, and so suddenly, um, suddenly, guess who appears on the scene, mm. Stephen, none other than Jimmy Woo, head of the Atlas Foundation, with the real, yep. the original <laughs> agents of Atlas. Hell yes. How awesome is that, Stephen? Yeah. I freaked. <laughs> I, look, I'm a, I'm, I freaked out when I saw that. <laughs> I did. I, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. That blew me away uh, because we've not heard from them. We've not seen them. We've had the new agents of Atlas who have just basically supplanted them. Yeah. And so I, I just thought, mm, I just thought we were done. <laughs> it, the, the roster, for those who don't know, yeah. the roster, the original agents of Atlas, it is Namora, it is Venus. It is Marvel Boy. It is mm-hmm. Gorilla Man. It is M11, the human robot. And it is Jimmy Woo. These are all very... Uh, oh, and 3D Man. That's right. Yeah, 3D yeah, Man. Yep. These are all very <laughs> uh, very old characters. Mm-hmm. Okay? Namora is from Marvel Mystery Comics number 82 from 1947. Mm-hmm. Venus is from Venus number 1, 1948. Marvel Boy is from Marvel Boy number one, 1950. Yep. Gorilla Man is from Men's Adventures number 26. <laughs> I want to read that comic, Stephen. Uh, came out in 1954. M11, the human robot, is from Menace number 11, 1954. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Woo is from Yellow Claw number one, 1956. 
all very old characters. Yeah. The only one who is not old is indeed 3D, who was uh, originally a uh, triathlon. triathlon. Yeah. So he's not old. Well, the well, the 3D, name of 3D Man well, he, is. That, yeah, sure. he first appeared back in Marvel premiere 35 in 1977. Yes. So not as old as the other Agents of Atlas, no. who all have roots in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. But still, but, fantastic. I mean, but and, and very kind of out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. 3D Man fits the team perfectly. Yes. It, that, is, that is a fantastic roster. I, I popped huge for that last page, dude, because up until that last page, I ain't gonna lie, I was not impressed with what I was getting. I like me some Namor. I like Namor being a jerk and smacking people around. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But for the most part, I was like, meh, this feels very super generic. Mm. It, it, the story just felt so generic. Like, again, it, I just feel like we're reading the same things over and over again sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's the feeling I was getting. Like, okay, right, got it. It's it's like the Marvel editorial. You know, Marvel editorial gave Pack. You know, here, here, here's what you need to do. Yeah. Here, here's your little. Here's your little. Here's your instruction list. Here's the ingredients you got to add. Here's the form you need to follow and spit out the product yeah. with minimal creative input. Uh, but the last page t- totally flipped the script for mm-hmm. me and immediately got me incredibly excited for the next issue. Yep. I went from having zero desire <laughs> in reading Atlantis Attacks number two to, oh my God, get it in my grubby little paws right now. Yeah. So anyhow, Atlantis Attacks number one, what'd you think? Well, I also, um, I geeked pretty hard when I saw that last page. I was like, no. Yeah. What? Yes. Um, I said the last thing I'd seen from them was, um, uh, uh, Jason Aaron put Gorilla Man in the mm-hmm. Avengers as one of like the, the kind of like the backup people. Yeah, and I, and I was I I popped pretty hard when I saw that. I was yep. like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. But um, it's well. First of all, I think whoever said, yeah, let's invoke the name of one of our worst events ever. And Atlantis yeah. attacks. Right. Um, that person should be uh, uh, fired. Yeah. Um, because that does not, I see that and it just instantly fills me with dread. Uh, agreed. Agreed. It does not have a good pedigree. It does not. He's like, well, we want to attract people, not repel them. Not repel them. <laughs> but whatever. Right. I'll get over that. Right. It's, it's not that it's, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's just, it's Meh. yeah, it's because there's stuff here that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, I mean, it's such a it, this is a well worn trope, but the utopia that's run by a shady businessman. Yes, yes, you know, yes. I, I I get that it it could work. Yep. Um, but we don't really get any development with that. It's nope. just like, oh yeah, we have a dragon and we're kind of using it. <laughs> to power our city. To power the city and the passes and stuff. It's like, and then, um, I don't know. Uh, like, like we said with Excalibur, we have a team title where nobody's names are said out loud except for Cho and Silk, but those are the ones that most people would probably, probably recognize. recognize. Yeah, I'd agree. At least Amadeus Cho. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, I like the stuff with Namor. I always like it oh. when Namor gets the upper hand on on somebody. Agreed. <laughs> Namor should always get the upper hand. Yes, <laughs> even over somebody. And I wish it was more like a, he was tricking the the smart person into thinking they were smarter than he was, yes. or like kind of playing on their yes. their ego. But I I still liked it anyway, and I just love that smug little smirk. It's like, all right, 
I'll give you 24 hours, like that look of, oh, he got him. Oh, I got him. Your hand. <laughs> he knows now. Yeah. Just he that. just sized us oh, up no. and is like, okay, not impressed. <laughs> I'll be back with more. Exactly. <laughs> um, Which, when it comes to war, yeah, you know what? Namor should be better at war than most characters in the Marvel Universe. Yes. <laughs> Even the ones that are smart. Yes. You know, Correct. Like that. But, um, but yeah, it's just... It really does feel like an assembly line product yeah, at does. certain points. Because I'm just like... I agree. But Greg Pack is so much better than this. Oh, he is. He is. Greg Pack and Fred Van Lent made Incredible mm-hmm. Hercules one of the best comics I've ever read in my life. No joke. Yep. It was, it was brilliant. And that's back when Amadeus Cho was an actual unique character. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate he's been made into such a derivative, boring character. Mm-hmm. He used to be incredibly unique and an incredibly compelling character yep. back in, in, during the pages of Incredible Herc. And I, I, I that is, I, I'll put that title, uh, Pack and Van Lent's Incredible Herc up against almost anything. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant read. I agree. This is not that. No, it's not. Um, I do like that he's not like, super hulked out anymore that is yeah. like, well okay that's right well it's it's a halfway uh-huh. <laughs> yeah right but um yeah and some of the other characters it's just like they're not in it they're just there for a panel yes they're literally there so you can say their name and they can strike a pose and move on yes and it's just like well why should i care well, except that i know who namor is and i know yes. who amadeus cho is right and you've got you know, a lot of you got a, a weird sci-fi kind of Asian concept thing. It's like okay, but I, I don't, I don't feel anything for it. Like this is that this is what needs to grab you. You know, the yeah. first issue, like this is who they are. This is what yeah. they do. This is the conflict. Just go. You don't even have to bring up the other rando stuff, like or even it reveal why Namor's attacking. Just right. Like, there's what's no going on here. Yeah. There's no depth to the setting. Yeah. There's no depth to the setting at all, and Pack doesn't create an immersive world that just sucks the reader in and gets us invested in Pan Mm -hmm. and gets us invested in the new agents of Atlas. So then we are worried and concerned when Pan gets attacked by Namor. Mm -hmm. Namor. You have to get the reader pulled in and invested in Pan and the and the Agents of Atlas for us to care about yeah. the threat that they face. Yeah. When when you set when you set up a concept like this, you have to go into some kind of detail right. about the world. Show right. what it looks like, what right. how it truly operates. It's not like, well, there's passes and links to these cities. But I know like what what's in between? Is it right. an actual city? In between, why, why is it just pieces? Is what is it? Mm-hmm. Why do we care? Exactly. Why do I? Why do I want to feel for it? Yeah. Because honestly, since he doesn't pull us into the setting, mm-hmm. he doesn't get us invested in Pan or its defenders. Yeah. Because he doesn't, I'm rooting for Namor, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm supposed to be rooting for Namor. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a clear cut fight where one's clearly bad and one's clearly good, sure. but I don't think the reader's supposed to be immediately rooting for Namor and totally popping for Namor uh, every time he, he punks out one of the agents of Atlas yeah. or for all of his badass moves. Because even Amadeus Cho is like, yeah, I don't like the guy who runs this place. Right. It's like, okay, so why are we supposed to care? Right. Tell me why I should care. Yeah. Why should I care? Because mm-hmm. at this point, I don't have any, I have no, again, there are no stakes for this fight. Mm-hmm. 
Why do I care? Yeah. If you don't show anything from the like the people, like how they react when they see the Agents of Atlas, then you're not you don't have any anchor to them, so right. you don't care. Right. And and then know. but you don't get me invested in the setting, and then you tell me it's run by a bad guy anyway. So I'm like, well then, yeah. Namor, go kick their ass. Mm-hmm. And you Agents of Atlas, Atlas, you guys are dupes for following a guy that you say is bad. Yeah. Tell us why they're willing to follow him, even though he's bad. Mm-hmm. What about Pan is so important or wonderful that they're willing to follow a bad person to help yeah. this to help this city? And it, you know what I mean? None yeah. of that happens exactly. And it, it's not like it can't be there because there was one part with somebody. It's like, yeah, I can't go back to that portal. I was like, why? It's like because I'm from Madripoor. And I'm like, okay, well, that could be interesting. Like, maybe they should have started with that character. Right. And, like, this is, like, this is why the city is important to me. Get deep into it. Yeah, not, like, why Amadeus doesn't like the leader. Like, the person who is living the experience. Like, oh, oh there's the Agents of Atlas. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. I agree. <sighs> I agree. But, yeah, I, it's one of those, I don't know who's really to blame here. Right. Right. For the uh, missteps. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, the ending is enough to get me to come back for more. Sure. Because I love the original Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. So that enough is that, – that will get me to come back for more for sure. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. What did you think of the artwork? I liked it. Yeah, I had to too. It was, it was a nice pretty art. pretty good. It was really solid art. Yeah. Um, how would you grade at Atlantis Attacks, number one? Um, I will give the – I'll give the writing a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. And I will give the art a seven. I did like the art. Okay. Nice. I will I will go uh four Nikers out of ten for the writing. Mm-hmm. I'll go six night girls out of ten for the art. Alright. Okay, that's fair. Last up from Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Oh boy. Restarting okay. it again. Yep. It's a it's a new day for the Guardians, Stephen. This issue they is have brought a lot of new days. Ha, this issue is brought by brought to us by Al Ewing doing mm-hmm. the words, Juan Cabal doing the art, Federico Bleed doing the colors. Okay, Stephen, we begin this issue with a oh, we're on Elysian Three, which is a, a Cree colony, mm-hmm. and it's a utopian Cree faction. They're all about peace, 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 peace. And they follow the supreme intelligence um, that so it's like a, you see, like the big, like celestial supreme intelligence in the sky, telling everyone, you know, mm-hmm. the way of the way of the supreme, uh, u- the utopian Cree way, and you know, That's I know to complete it. <laughs> I know to complete it. I know to complete it. That's the thing that they all say. I know to yeah. complete it. I know to complete it. So anyhow, we have this perfect utopia, and it's far away from all the the war that has been going on in the Cree Empire, mm-hmm. right? And the characters basically talk about how we're far away from the war. We'll always be fine. We're in a utopia. Blah, 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 blah. Everything is great. What does that mean, Stephen? That means, oh, snap. Turn the page. Zeus is on the scene. He's laid waste to the entire planet, and everybody's dead. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when the god of of lightning shows up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, Zeus is like, we're back, and we're going to kill everybody. That's a long short of it, Stephen. Oh, fun. Okay. We then cut to Half-World where we see the Guardians, and this version of the Guardians is Peter Quill, Star-Lord, mm-hmm. Gamora, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, Drax, Moondragon, and Phyla Bell, who somehow has not <laughs> fallen into a bottomless pit. 
<sighs> Damn. So <laughs> I just got to tell you, when I was reading your uh, review for, what was it, the first, uh, the last reboot they did. Yeah. The one that Donnie Cates did, that your, your little scree on how Philavelle, <laughs> she tried to be Captain Marvel and she failed. Yes. She tried to be, who was the other one? Oh, who was the other one she was? Damn it, I forgot. She was, they gave her multiple. Oh, uh, Quasar. Quasar, yeah. Tried to be Quasar and she failed. She tried to be herself and she failed. Yes! <laughs> yeah, she's the biggest loser ever. She's the biggest loser ever. Yeah. It's like, wow, how many care? How many gimmicks are you going <laughs> to churn your way through? Worst. Just the worst character ever. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, so they're all having like a big Thanksgiving Day dinner, it looks like. Because they have a big old turkey. Mm-hmm. And Rock is like, I ain't eating it. It's got gross skin. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, Gamora, he won't eat it. It's got gross skin. <laughs> Waka waka waka, and they have seasoning though because that is important. Indeed, turkey is rather bland it, on its own. Oh god, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, P- and and Peter Cole's like, we could do this forever. Just live as a family in peace, but put down roots. Blah blah blah. Like Groot putting down roots. Wah, wah, wah. So there's a lot of bad jokes in this scene. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and Gamora's like, you know, we we can totally live this life. We can live here in peace. Do this forever. You know. And are you trying to convince yourself or me? You know, she's like all in, even though she's the galaxy's most dangerous woman. Yeah. Now she's like the galaxy's most, I don't know, motherly woman, matronly woman, <laughs> domestic woman. I don't know. Fill in the blank. And yeah. is she, and what is she grilling? Is that like a miniature Godzilla? Uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> it looks like a miniature Godzilla. Like, like, like looks a, like. A God, imagine a Godzilla the size of a chicken. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Anyhow, suddenly. My boy, Richard Ryder, shows up in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. like the real Nova. And he tells everyone about the Olympians and how they've gone through some changes, the whole cosmic death and rebirth cycle, and now they've woken up and they're really angry, and they have Olympus is now New Olympus, and it's this floating city, and it rotates in and out of their dimension. Mm-hmm. This is actually a pretty cool concept. Yes. That's a neat concept. Yes. Ewing gets a lot of things wrong, but he also has some neat concepts, too. Mm-hmm. He's he's real hot or cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so after the Universal Church of Truth massacre, you know, there's only there's only two Nova Corps members left. Yeah. And one of them is Sam Alexander. That's unfortunate. <laughs> 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 the Nova no one likes. Yeah. And, so, and even though it's just like eh, Yeah. <laughs> and so and so he's there, Rich is there to get everyone to get the Guardians to help him. Mm-hmm. And Gamora's like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, nope. You know, we're not superheroes. We're not superheroes. Moondragon and Philavel. Philavel is a career superhero. Failed. <laughs> As we've established. Um, uh, running into walls is her power, but, you know, yes. it's okay. Just boom. <laughs> Maybe she's going to take binary on as her next gimmick. And so, um, and so, because Moondragon and Philavel are like, we'll go. And Gamora's mm-hmm. like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. I'm not a superhero. You know, the rest of us aren't superheroes. We're not, we can't just fight forever. That, that, that doesn't work. And so she's like, I'm not going. And Drax is kind of like, eh, I don't really want to go either. And so, and Gamora, it's amazing how Gamora has really, this character has really changed even. Yeah. Like, shockingly changed. See, mm-hmm. I prefer the Gamora who wants to get you really drunk, have sex, and then go kill people. That's the one I like. Maybe it's just me, Stephen. That could just be a reflection on me and what I look for in a woman. But... <laughs> So, anyhow, Gamora's like, you know, we're not a team, we're a family. Let us have that. Well, so Nova, uh, Richard, he decides he'll take Phyla and, and 
Moon Dragon and leave the rest of the Guardians. Yeah. And, and, and we're just like, cool, I got you guys. Totally, you guys deserve to have peace in your life. Mm-hmm. You guys have done more than enough for the universe. So you're cool. So Peter Quill, though, that night, he's thinking. And he's thinking. And he's got memories of some old man telling him about how being Star-Lord was a real honor and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's letting, him, letting everyone down, right? And so he hops out of bed, leaves Gamora behind. Stupid man. And if you have a hot green alien for a girlfriend, you do not, do not leave her, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we see uh, Star-Lord heading off to his ship, and there's Rocket Raccoon there. He can't sleep either. He wants to go yeah. kill some people. So the two of them take off. All right. Star-Lord texts Gamora what he's doing. <laughs> and Rocket's like, really, bro? You did this in a text? Yeah. What? Who, who does that? And so then we cut to The Rock, Nova Corps headquarters, and holy crap, <laughs> I geeked out. See, this this is very much, once again, very much like Atlantis Attacks, number one, where I'm reading going, ugh, this is so blah. And I get to the, I don't want to read any more of this. I'm not coming back for the second issue. And then I find the original Ages of Atlas, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. I'm coming. This happened to me in this issue. I'm like reading it going, Snooze, snooze, snooze. <laughs> and then I turn the page to this scene, and oh my God, it's Grant Effin Morrison's Marvel Boy. Yeah. Grant, did you read Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy? Because it was, bar- he was the human cockroach. <laughs> that's that's basically how, how Grant Morrison wrote him, because he's indestructible. Right. So he's like a human cockroach. Um, <laughs> Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy is amazing. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think it sold particularly well. But, you know, and it's Grant Morrison, so yeah. whatever. Um, See, I don't think I've read that. It is, mar- it is so. worth it is worth reading. Go yeah. get Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy. It is so damn good. All right. It is very cool. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, so, so I freaked he out. he even had the, the short pants? Oh, yeah. That's the exact costume he had. Oh, my. <laughs> Grant it Morrison, don't very, care. Very fabulous. <laughs> It's an unusual costume. It is. And, <laughs> and he, he, you, you, you get a quick introduction to Novar. That's his name. Mm-hmm. And he's got cool powers. He's, he's uh, from a parallel universe. He's Cree, <laughs> but from, he's a white Cree from a parallel universe. Yeah. And, I, I did love that little introduction. I am a Cree from a parallel universe. <laughs> yes. Allied with the Utopian faction. (laughs) Actually, I founded it. (laughs) I walk on walls. My fingernails are an explosive compound. My saliva is a psychedelic drug. Come on. At this point, you know it's a Grant Morrison character, right? Mm -hmm. Come on. That's (laughs) a hell of a business card right there. (laughs) Right? I have total control of my body and my mind. I carry my own laws of physics with me as a weapon. (laughs) Pronouns are he slash him. (laughs) I love this freaking character. And that's why it's a Grant Morrison character. Yeah. Right there in just one panel. Mm-hmm. You're like, thanks, Grant. Because <laughs> no one else is coming up with that. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, anyhow. So our team is assembling. Then they're, they're ready to deal with, um, with, uh, with the gods. And not just the gods, but the cancer versus also back, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Can't keep a good thing down, can you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so... Right now, we have, um, you know, the Kree Civil War is on pause. We don't know what's going on with the Skrulls. They're, they're detonating suns and sending war fleets out past their borders. We don't know what they're doing. The Shi'ar have a new, they're replacing Gladiator with some, ki- Gladiator with some kid. They don't know what's going on over there. So there's a lot going on in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, 
Nova Richard Ryder is beginning to wonder what if all the old rules fall, if the galactic society collapses, then, you know, what's going to happen? You know, there's no one left to protect the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And Star-Lord's like, well, you got us. Yeah. And then, boom, our team assembled their mm-hmm. task, stop the Greek gods mm-hmm. who are in their floating city picking off colonies left and right. Yes. Okay. Looking to upend the galaxy uh, power structure as we know it. Mm-hmm. So we then, uh, they then decide to, you know, they track down the, the little spinning new Olympus, mm-hmm. our heroes do, and they engage in battle. Zeus and I believe I assume that would be one of them is Apollo. Apollo, and I'm guessing the other one would be Artemis. No, no Artemis she's, is she's in the city. Athena. Athena. Okay. Yeah, Athena. I think so. Because that's Apollo's sister. Well, they're all related. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I meant they're twin sisters. I think twin that's sister. Apollo and and Apollo and, and uh, Athena. Athena. Probably so. Yes, you're probably correct. And so we have Zeus, Apollo, Athena mm-hmm. squaring off against Philavel and Richard Ryder. Right. Yes. yes. All right. And then we get a big old fight. And then we cut back to Moondragon, Rocket Raccoon, Marvel Boy, and Star-Lord sneaking onto New Olympus. Mm-hmm. And there we have Hermes and Artemis and Hephaestus doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hermes, Artemis can sense them, the invaders. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know exactly where they are, but she can sense they're there. So yes. Hermes uses his speed powers of everywhere until he yeah. finally finds them. And he, I thought that was cool because Moondragon is making them not see or hear them, but she can smell them. Yes. And, she, and Artemis is the hunter. Yep. So it makes right. sense that her sense of smell, mm-hmm. right? And so Hermes races all around New Olympus and finally finds them. Yep. Takes out Marvel Boy and Moondragon. And that leaves Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon exposed because mm-hmm. now they're no longer Moondragon's uh, cloak. Yep. Right? Meanwhile, we had cut back to Zeus, whipping butt on Philavel. Of course. And then we cut back. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> as, one, as one does. As one does. And then we have uh, uh, Hermes attacking Moondragon. And Marvel Boy wakes up and blasts him in the head. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And then we cut back to Zeus. He's he's done beating up Philavel, and now he's beating up Richard Ryder. Mm-hmm. And we have cut back to Moondragon and Nova Bo- uh, Marvel Boy, uh, still in New Olympus, and they're trying to uh, they're trying to find somewhere to hide, mm-hmm. right? And they stumble across a chamber in there, and inside the chamber we see Hercules trapped, mm-hmm. and Hercules he's like. Connected, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know how you'd say it, not really chained up, but attached, trapped in some kind of machine-like thingy. Yeah. Right? It's, um, God, there is, there's been, like, you remember in The Incredibles when yes. Mr. Incredible was, was, was imprisoned? It's something mm. like that. <laughs> it's a good description. Good description. And Hercules goes, I'm Hercules. I'm here to help Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, the, the, okay. <laughs> love it. Great, great, great ending. I mm-hmm. love, 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 as we've already established during the yep. podcast, I love Hercules. Mm-hmm. Steven, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, what'd you think? Um, 
Well, I definitely think the second half is better than the first. Way, 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 way better. Yeah. I agree. um, Totally. First uh, half is slow and boring. Yeah. (laughs) I don't disagree with that. I and it's very weird because for me, like it's as for somebody as first issue, and it's obvious something has transpired with the Guardians to where they're all acting like, yeah, I don't know, I don't really want to do this whole hero right. thing I'm anymore. Pretty much done. Yeah, which it, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility because they're mostly basically like space pirates mm-hmm. or something like that. So mm-hmm. I get that. I mean, I feel like it was probably the wrong character instead of Gamora. They should have had like Groot or somebody say, yeah. eh, "I don't know." It's we're kind of <clears throat> like, yeah. Um, but it's it, you know, it's a, it's a it's an interesting idea. I assume they will come back at some oh, point. Oh yeah, they sure. All have right. To yeah. Return together yeah, before yeah, yeah. Guardians Three releases right, right. in theaters, probably. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I mean. I I think as as a number one issue, I mean, it pretty much did everything that it needed to do. I think Agreed. it got the team is all together. Yep, which is very rare these days. It is somehow. It is. Um, it set up their threat. It set up. Yep. Other things that could come up later yep. on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It set up some some character arcs drama. that might yeah character drama. Yep. I don't know what happened to Richard Ryder, but he looks like he's been through like Vietnam Ooh, or something. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm kind of worried about him. Like, dang, dude! Like, there's like just some close-ups on like his eyes, where he looks like he looks worn out. Yeah, he looks rough. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. but um, um, yeah, and um, I really, really like the concept of the of the new Olympus. Ooh, me too. Me too. Yeah, um, great stuff. And. And unlike in Agents of Atlas, they or Atlantis Attacks, they took the time to have people like walking around, yeah. like to see what really goes on in there, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. I thought the action scenes were cool. Yep, definitely. Um, and I, I don't know, like that second half to me was just really a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and oh, it really agreed, agreed. like, like okay, let's. Pick up the pace. Yeah, yeah. Really get in there. Show some cool stuff. The art is really good too. Um, yeah, the art is great. Yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> great. I love the way the the new gods look. Not the new gods, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and just you know the sci fi stuff looks really cool. And then right, um, and then of course the ending with Hercules. Yeah, like, baby. What is it with Marvel and? Oh, look who's here. <laughs> I don't mind. I like it. It's, it's pretty cool I, to No, me, I agree but... totally. No, I, I, I think it's awesome. I don't know what's going on, but I love it. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. By the end, I was like, you know what? This is, I'm definitely going to the next one. Yeah. I, no, I'm right there with you, Steven. I, I, the, the first, it really, it's a, it's a tale of two halves, yeah. honestly. And funny enough, the writer knows this because yeah. as you're reading it, you get 15 pages in. And after you get 15 pages in, Stephen, you get the double page, the double page splash shot of the credit page. Right, it has the Guardians of the Galaxy Part One quote, then it's us end mm-hmm. quote. Then you have the creative team, and then you go on and you have another 15 pages. Yes, to the end, right? Mm-hmm. So even the even the writer Ewing knows. Yeah, we got the first 15, we got the second 15. The first 15, I was not that impressed with. 
It wasn't bad. No. It wasn't bad. I'm not saying that. It was just kind of like, eh? Okay. Yeah. Just meh. You know, it neither offended nor nor pleased. No. You know, it and was, it was It was slow. moving everything together. Yeah. It, it, it was very slow and just mm-hmm. like, okay. Meh. But boy, oh boy, Steven, the second 15 pages are kick-ass awesome. And that's what got me hooked line and sinker mm-hmm. and excited to come back for more and I've, I'm with you that's what sold me on the, on the next issue yeah. the, 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 the second 15 pages you're like holy crap and I also agree <laughs> with you Stephen Ewing does a great job he literally does everything that a number one issue of a new title has to do mm-hmm. he, he and you're right it's amazing he assembled the entire roster Stephen in the first issue yep. you just <laughs> don't see that that much anymore no and I love and I think that's the smartest that is the smartest way to go mm-hmm. absolutely he assembles the entire roster he gives the reader a good feel for everyone's personality. Yeah. He does. Everyone's personality. Mm-hmm. He gives he gives the reader a good sense of the role that each pl- character plays on the team. Mm-hmm. We get a good sense of the power set and how each character's powers will be utilized during missions. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yep. there's the role that you play on the team as far as the power as far as your power set is concerned during missions and then the role you play on the team as far as a person and a character he does both he Mm -hmm. and i think because he does good character work and establishes the personalities quickly he also gets some pretty good chemistry between several of the guardians of the galaxy as well and i think you're right he brings some good depth to richard Ryder's character Mm -hmm. you feel the pain you feel the heaviness on his shoulders Mm -hmm. it's 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 a good job as far as the characters are concerned i think yeah I think he also, like you said, the plotting and pacing is really good. You pointed out, rightly so, Ewing quickly establishes who's the main adversary for the opening story arc. Mm -hmm. Got it. What's the main objective? Got it. Mm -hmm. And then he layers in a couple of secondary and tertiary plot lines that we'll deal with later, right? Mm -hmm. What are the scrolls doing? We'll deal with that later. What are the Creed? We'll deal with that later. Yep. Have the Shi'ar? We'll deal with that later. Have the Cancerverse? We'll deal with that later. I mean, there's all this stuff yeah. he's layering in for later on mm-hmm. after the initial conflict. And then you've got the whole thing about, well, what about the Guardians who didn't come along? That's going to be dealt with later. Yep. So you can, and you can see where he's built out really good plotting where he's built out all these various plot lines. Mm-hmm. And he's also done a nice job also starting to give each character their own character arc, Mm -hmm. which is also important. You know, you got Peter Quill, you got his character arc, Mm -hmm. right? He can't help but to be a leader. You've got Richard Ryder, one of only two Novas left. Mm -hmm. So you got his character arc in place. Where is he going to go? You've got Rocket Raccoon with his new lease on life. That's his character arc. Where is he going to go? Gamora with her totally different view on life. Where is she going to go? He's, he's, (laughs) Ewing is sliding everyone in for their own character arc. This, this comic Guardians of the Galaxy, Ewing does everything that you don't see mm-hmm. on Excalibur. Yep. Ewing does everything that Teeny Howard does not do on Excalibur mm-hmm. as a comparison yep. between new titles. And he does this in just the first issue. Yeah. And well, Excalibur's on number six already. Technically, this. The, the second half of the first issue. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Yes. And like you said, the action is kick-ass awesome. Really good creative use of the powers. Mm-hmm. And ending it with Hercules, you're like, yay! <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Yes. It's so much fun. This is way better than the last version of the Guardians of the Galaxy that we got. 
so much better. Yeah, it's it's infinitely more focused oh. and just like yeah. You know, let's just get let's go 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 go. Yep, agreed. Um, and the art, great. Yes, the art is fantastic. All right, Stephen, how do you grade out Gardens of the Galaxy number one? Um, I will give, I will give the writing. See, this is tough. Now, I was sold more on the page when when Novar showed up. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah, that, that right, really began to turn the tide. Yeah, no, no, fair, fair point. I, I, the two geek out moments for me. Yeah, Marvel Boy <laughs> appearing and then Hercules appearing. I, I geeked, I geeked out crazy for both those. Yeah. These these reveals were akin to the original Agents of Atlas appearing at the end of Atlas uh, Atlantis Attacks. Yep. I, I popped huge <laughs> and to have two huge reveals mm-hmm. in one issue yeah. that I didn't see coming that made me freak out. Mm-hmm. Huge thumbs up for me. Yes. Um, man, I mean, because this first, if, well, I guess it's more like 12 than 15, but whatever. Right, um, right. <sighs> I'll give mm, but the last half is so good. It's so damn good. Really from Marvel Boy showing up at page twelve. Yeah. It's it's just, it gets great. Mm. I'll give it an eight then. Yeah, yeah. For the for the turnaround. Yep, 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 yep. I agree. Um and then the art, I'll I'll give the art an eight as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very well. Art's done. very good. I'm gonna go a shade higher than you, Steve. I'm gonna give nine necros out of ten for this only because oh, Marvel wow. Boy and Hercules <laughs> equals nine. <laughs> Yeah, and that moment where he <laughs> shot Hermes in the face, I was like, "Damn!" Dang. And the art, <laughs> I'm gonna go with you. The art is um, eight necklaces out of ten. It's yeah. good art. All right, my friend. Very good. Let's leave Marvel behind and head over to DC, shall we? All right. Let's kick things off with the number one character for DC, Batman. Yeah. Batman number eighty-seven with the new creative team, mm-hmm. James Tinney in the fourth doing the words, and yep. my personal all-time favorite artist, even. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Gilliam March, one of the best comic book artists of all time. Yeah. I adore his artwork so much. <laughs> I just, I adore it. And Tamu Mori doing the colors. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen, we begin this issue with the Riddler, who is all amped up on some type of phenomenal military-grade mind-enhancing amphetamines. Yeah. And he hasn't slept in three months. Doesn't look like he's eaten in three months either. No, he looks terrible. (laughs) And he is just, he is all trying to figure (laughs) out what is going on with the uh, the five hitmen, right, that that we were introduced to in the opening. Yes. Because this is the second issue of Tinian's run on the title. Mm -hmm. So in the last issue, we've got the five hitmen. Uh, You've got like Ra's al Ghul and Deathstroke and uh, Um, uh, Cheshire. Cheshire. And uh, two others. Yeah, two others I'm not Yeah, I'm not so familiar with them. And these contract killers uh, are on a rampage mm-hmm. and um, have been captured. Yes. Really just trying to figure out what is going on, right? Mm-hmm. And he contacts the Penguin. And the Penguin is busy killing off everybody in his organization, <laughs> evidently. He's killing off his, yeah. essentially his court, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the the penguin is reasserting himself as um, as the preeminent bad man in Gotham. Yeah, weeding out any potential possible traitors. Yes, which means that just kill everybody. He killed his entire inner circle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, logical response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I what I love and what I love about the the scene where you've got everyone killed, 
uh, March has all these people killed, right? All these knives in them and everything. Mm -hmm. And I like how he draws this one guy with his face right in this woman's crotch. (laughs) (laughs) It's just hilarious. (laughs) It's just hilarious. They're both dead. His face is right in her crotch. Right <laughs> March is so cheeky. He's fantastic. He is so cheeky. And so, um, anyhow, uh, the the Riddler warns warns um, the Penguin that they made a deal and that the designer is coming to collect the designer. We don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. And the penguin's like, oh well, he can come from if he wants. He can try, but I'll be ready. And we see his full armament of weapons, right? Yep. Okay. Then we cut to the one police plaza, one police plaza in Old Gotham. We have our contract killers are all under arrest, surrounded by Gotham's finest. Mm-hmm. And Commissioner Bullock is there. He arrests them all. Yep. We cut to Batman watching it all happen from afar. Mm-hmm. He contacts Catwoman, and Gilliam March knows how to draw Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Bloodshot. So, <laughs> March is good for that. <laughs> and so he, he contacts her and is like, just checking she, how she's going. She's busy um, hacking into some, some uh, computer system. Uh, and she says that... Uh, Looks like she's tracking down. What is she tracking down, Stephen? I think she's tracking down. Um, I think she's trying. Oh, oh. yeah. The 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 five assassins. I guess they're going after the. Uh, they're go. They're making a play for Wayne rebuild. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not too sure what that what's going on with Wayne. Wayne has gone over some transformation. Wayne Enterprises or technology, whatever it's called nowadays, is different. <laughs> since Tom King has had his hands on the franchise than what I last remember. Yeah. Um, I think this is after, after Bane wrecked everything. They're trying to Wayne enterprises is trying to get everything back together and they're not certain. Well, who are they actually after? Right. And so I think that's what she's trying to do. Yes. And there's a dead body with a face pretty much melted on the floor. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of gross. It is. It is. So, uh, you know, Catwoman tells Batman, keep his head in the game. Yep. Dangerous people are afoot. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right. And so then Batman hops down and talks to Bullock. And uh, Bullock is like, uh, you know what? I'm not going to be commissioner for that long. We all know that. And anyhow, he tells Batman that they're all taking the five assassins to the Black Block, mm-hmm. a special prison designed by Wayne uh, rebuild, mm-hmm. and it's designed to hold the most dangerous of all dangerous criminals. Yep. And the, there's only two ways to get in, Stephen, and one is with the DNA encrypted keys. Two officers using DNA encrypted keys at the same time, mm-hmm. and a second way, known only to Lucius Fox and Batman. And Batman. There you go. <laughs> so we see the five contract killers are being locked in their prisons. Mm-hmm. And the way they're being locked up, Stephen, I have to ask: Do they come? So they're like bolted in like. Like outfits of metal and then stamped onto a metal uh, bed, it looks like, right? Yeah. Okay, so do they have to come by and feed these people? I don't think the Geneva Convention would approve. Do they do? But... How do these people go to the bathroom? <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I don't, it's not, it's not realistic. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm like, you can't wait, what? 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 Anyhow. <laughs> so, Batman approaches Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. 
And Deathstroke's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you squat. I'm not going to tell you who hired me. And by the way, your little prison, it's adorable, and I'm breaking out. Yeah. He's not taking crap from anybody. Nope. And he goes, clock's... <laughs> Clock is ticking. Tick tock, tick tock. Now I'll be out of here in a day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Batman leaves, contacts Lucius. Lucius is uh, says, hey, guess what? Um, oh, I forgot to say, before he leaves, he notices that Cheshire, Some I don't know why, uh, something about Cheshire he thinks looks weird. He doesn't say. He thinks it looks weird. He reaches in there, smudges her face. Uh-oh. It's Clay. Yep. She's not real. Nope. How, how did the cops <laughs> not know that when they were pulling her into the prison that they were pulling a mannequin in? Uh, well, okay. Anywho. Uh, no. So, <laughs> so Lucius goes, I found the real one. She's on a motorcycle mm-hmm. out in Gotham doing her thing. Yep. Go get her, Bats. And she's coming this way. <laughs> right. To me. <laughs> right. So, please. So, Batman gets in the Bat Shot. Yep. Which is an untested piece of, uh, of equipment right <laughs> it's like a it's like a plane but then it shoots it does a little ejector thing where it shoots him out on like a kind of like a uh what would you call that not a bobsled uh more like a luge yeah um that's more like a motorized luge mm-hmm. board Yep. Right? <laughs> and Lucius like, oh, I can't. This, this never worked. I hope this works. Hope you don't die. Whatever, whatever. And it was very cavalier for Lucius. Yeah. Like, is he waving this cavalier? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Batman is in route. The motorized luge works just fine. Yes. And he's zipping behind Cheshire's motorcycle. She does a flip off the motorcycle, lands on Batman's chest. They're about, she straddles him because they're about to get it on, Stephen, while going down the street. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Well, I guess you could she, do that if that's <laughs> the kind of vehicle you're going in. And she goes to, she you know, <laughs> digs her hands into him to inject her. You know, she's got the chemical toxin. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you'll be dead. You got any last words? And he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, brace yourself. And she turns around. You see, everything is bright. She turns on. Oh, shit. You turn the page, Stephen. <laughs> a, a freaking tractor trailer. <laughs> Plows through Cheshire. Dude, plows through Cheshire. Like she is implanted in the grill of a tractor trailer as Batman on the lo- on the little lo- motorized loose goes right, right underneath, right underneath the tractor trailer. Oh my god. I did not see this is like when you're watching a TV show and a bus comes out of nowhere and takes someone out. Like I did not see this coming at all. At all. Like my jaw's in the ground, like, damn. What? And wow. So the kicker is Cheshire's still alive? How? <laughs> She's not a metahuman, is she? I didn't think so. I don't know. At, at least she's like completely paralyzed. I mean, this like... character should be done now. Like, done. Yeah. Like, dead and done. Anyhow, she's evidently can still talk and is like, How did you survive? And he's like, Ah, membrane in my suit. Coded and sealed the poisons in your nails. Yeah, I win again. Batman, so. <laughs> and she's like, bat nail polish remover. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'm just, I was just here to distract you. You don't think, I don't think you've realized all the players yet. Mm-hmm. All right. We cut back to the black uh, block. Mm-hmm. And guess who's gotten out, Steven? Oh. 
Deathstroke, mm-hmm. and then he released all the other assassins. Yeah. Oh, snap. And then Bullock appears on the scene, and Deathstroke's like, yeah. takes him down. And then we cut to the Penguin, loaded for bear, mm-hmm. Stephen. I mean, like, every weapon possible, bullet, bandolier across his chest, grenades, guns, guns, rifles, I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, because Deathstroke then orders the doors be open. Mm-hmm. And... um Bullock <laughs> open the doors, and that's when the penguin goes, ah, 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 doors aren't opening. Yeah. And I'm afraid it gives me the advantage. Yep. Bum, bum, bum. So the penguin's on the scene, ready to uh, ready to take some people out, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, boy. Steven. Yes. Batman number 87. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Oh, wow. Um, that's a lot to take in in one issue. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> um... I mean, I can tell you that I liked it. Me too. I actually really liked it. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Um, I, knew, I knew it was smart for me to hop back on this title when Tinian yeah. took over. I, I just knew that Tinian's <laughs> stories were going to match up more with what I wanted to yes. get on the title. It's um, very fast-paced. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> but not too fast. No. Like it's, you know, it gives you enough time to... Not chaotic like Excalibur's chaotic. Exactly. It gives you enough time to kind of figure out what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, even um, have, cause I actually, I missed the first, the first issue, but okay. I just didn't feel lost in any way. Nope. Uh, yeah. Cause you might as they could have just started right here Yep. and they would have been okay. Um, I like, I like pretty much all the, the plot lines they've got going on. I think that, um, I really hope he's got a good, like, this is who it is right. because you know, everybody's freaking out. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really dug the art. I thought oh, it was March is the best. Fantastic. So damn good, isn't it? Yeah. God, his character, the facial expressions are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, oh, he's so good. Yeah, and the... Um, the way he draws the penguin. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I say that, I make that noise in a good way. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, totally, it's just, like, totally. It's creepy, but awesome. in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um... I also, I mean, the action scene, actions, yeah, it was one oh, action scene. It was so good, was so good, so good. And um, because <laughs> I was like, you, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, when that tractor trailer showed up. Yeah, what? <laughs> yes. Uh huh. That was great. And and this is just a little detail, but I love the um, because there's a panel with her getting hit, and then there's a little like three kind of, or four kind of sliver panels underneath. Mm-hmm. And then one of them has the guy from the trailer getting out. And I, I just had like a laugh thinking yeah. about what he was saying. It's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey man, I know you're Batman and all, but, but Hey, <laughs> you ruined my ride. You're paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I it's mean, a great, I'm, issue. yeah, it's I'm, a great, great, great issue. Mm-hmm. Look, Steven, the only things, the only things I did not like about Batman 87 mm-hmm. are things that had Don't nothing matter. <laughs> to do, had nothing at all to do with Tinian's writing. Yeah. Okay? One, I hate like death. I don't know if I can understate, uh, under, you know, <laughs> understate this anyway. I hate like death Lucius Fox taking Alfred role. Yeah. I, 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 I the idea that there is no Alfred on Batman is 
beyond stupid. I don't have the words in the English language to convey the stupidity of that. Yeah. Okay? Beyond stupid. <laughs> Lucius Fox had his own role to play on the title. It's not yeah. like he didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. He was already on the comic. So now instead of two great characters, you only have one. Yeah. It is beyond moronic. Like, whoever thought that was a good idea should be kicked in the crotch by <laughs> Betsy Braddock <laughs> 25 times in a row. Um, two, uh-huh. I hate, like death, <laughs> Batman with Catwoman. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. I like Batman to be on his own. Mm-hmm. Not with someone. I don't mind if he wants to have a, fl- a fling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get it on. Like have the nasty nasty. I'm fine with that. Yep. But no relationships. No relationships. Batman's a loner. He should be all screwed up in the head and incapable <laughs> of having a meaningful relationship with another human being. Yeah. He should be that messed up. And three. Uh, I don't like... Bullock being the commissioner. Yeah. It should be Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. But these three things are utterly out of Tinian's control. Yeah. That is the That's cards true. he was dealt with. Mm-hmm. Those are the cards he must play. Yep. Now, maybe he can change them later down the road. Sure. But not in his second issue. No. Okay. <laughs> so the only three things that I didn't like about it have zero to do with Tinian yeah. and zero to do with the story. Because mm-hmm. the story that Tinian is writing is fantastic. Yep. You nailed it. The pacing is brisk, mm-hmm. moves with a but 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 intelligent. It is the story is wonderfully constructed. Mm-hmm. It moves logically from scene to scene. It has an excellent flow. Is it quick? Yes, but it is focused mm-hmm. and has a purpose. It is great. The yeah. plotting and pacing is amazing. Tinian is juggling lots of characters, lots of players, mm-hmm. several plot lines. Yeah. Doing it easy. He makes it exciting. Yep. He makes oh, it yeah. immersive. You mm-hmm. get pulled deeply into the story. Yes. Deeply in the story. You care about what's going on. There are real stakes going on in this issue mm-hmm. with the conflict between Deathstroke and his minions and Batman and throw the penguin in there as the wild card. Mm-hmm. Okay? You have a lot going on. You are invested every step of the way. It is exciting it is action-packed it is captivating it is really fun yes all caps fun (laughs) it's just a three exclamation points yeah (laughs) it's a fun fun read yeah you know so i I just loved every minute of it i Mm -hmm. love the characters i love the assassins i love cheshire i love deathstroke i love the penguin i just these are great characters he utilizes them all so well every i just this issue was brilliantly written yeah it's just brilliantly written if you like i mean i, I if you like superhero comics i you gotta read tinian's batman yeah this I is agree. just great great superhero comics mm-hmm. it's what you want in your superhero comics really well done I tinian's agree. a very talented man oh yeah very talented man and um i, I mean the only thing that kind of hung me up a bit was i i think like you the prison is kind of stupid <laughs> agreed it's like is agreed. this to hold them until right. they go to trial right. or what right but but you know it's whatever it was it was something you knew we knew it was going to happen oh, yeah but it led to something like oh okay so the penguin's involved and he's obviously not this mystery person because right. it's like no it's like no you're gonna tell me so you got something to tell me mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me i love mm-hmm. that and i just love the i mean i don't know what it is because uh, Christopher Priest did this too, but Deathstroke and Batman like 
I yeah. get the feeling like out of all his villains, like Batman and Destro, like legit hate each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good, and he's oh, yeah. the only person who can just stand there. Well, I guess he's bolted there and look at Batman <laughs> and just <laughs> tell him, "You ain't crap." Right. And mean it. Right. And <laughs> not be at all intimidated yes. by Batman. Yes. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It, the, the dialogue is awesome throughout yes. the whole issue. And the character work is really well done. These mm-hmm. characters all have their own unique personalities. Yeah. They're well, very well developed. All the dialogue, I thought, was... They all had... You know, unique yeah, external unique voices, voices yeah. too. Really well written. Mm-hmm. And that gets you into it, too. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. It, it, it's so oh, much fun. So good. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to add Batman back to my regular yeah. read list. I'm excited, I'm excited to, to go forward for sure. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. like, okay, you, you got me. You pulled me back in, DC. You pulled me back in. Yeah. All right, how would you grade out Batman 87? Um, I will give, I'll give the writing, I'll give it straight nines. I thought it was, it was just great. Yep. It was just really great. I agree. I'm going to give the writing nine nickels out of 10, and my boy Gillian Marks well, gets a big old go. 10 out of 10 <laughs> from me. Always, every time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Shazam number 10. Yeah. This issue brought to us the words by Jeff Johns mm-hmm. and the <clears throat> pencils by Dale Eaglesham. Mm-hmm. And Arguably the, my favorite artist working right now. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, <laughs> they, they tell you it's Scott Collins and Dale Eaglesham. I'm guessing that Scott Collins kicks... I'm guessing Scott Collins is takes over around page 17. Yeah, there's a noticeable difference. There at is. A certain point. Yeah, page 16 is the last page with Eagle Sham, and then you go right to Scott Collins. It's a big, big difference. It's yeah. it's it's quite jarring. Yeah. And not to take anything from Scott Collins, no. who is a very good artist, mm-hmm. but when you go from Dale Eaglesham to just yeah. about anybody, Stephen, at least in my book, you take a hit. Um, Dale Eaglesham yeah. is, is to me, to me, mm-hmm. the modern day Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's he's a he's a tough act to follow, especially yeah. one page Midway right after. Issue, you know what yeah. I mean? That, mm-hmm. That's 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 hard to do. Yep. The colors is Michael Atia. Mm-hmm. This issue, Stephen, we've got our heroes are uh, we're wrapping up the big battle with um, King Candy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And he's rampaging through Philadelphia. King Kid, sorry, King Candy. Isn't King Candy from Candyland? <laughs> no, is that the character from? Uh, oh, come on, from uh, Wreck It Ralph? Yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so King Kid, he's rampaging with all of his clowns and whatnot. Our Shazam family shows up. They take him on. It's a big old battle, and of course, who wins? Our family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also during the battle, like we cut to uh, Talkie Tawny cooking dinner. He's <laughs> he's got like an apron on that says "Food Dude." Yeah. <laughs> he's making dinner. It's great. Yeah. Anyhow, oh, and, and there's just another thing where um where he's just watching TV. He's like, oh, I hope they're they're doing okay. And that has a uh, uh, Mary Marvel talking to the reporters. And there's just this thing of ice cream. He's just look out. It's Neapolitan. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I love this comic. <laughs> and so our heroes end up beating um, King Kid. They, uh, Shazam, Billy, takes the wishing stick away from mm-hmm. King Kid. That makes all of his army, his army that was attacking Philadelphia, turn back into toys. 
mm-hmm. tiny little toys. Yep. And uh, they try to reach out to King Kid, and because he's just a victim of abuse, obviously he had bad mm-hmm. parents who abused him. That's why he is who he is, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's not having it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to ever trust an adult ever. He doesn't want to hear anything from the Shazam family. Mm-hmm. He's not going to turn over a new leaf. Yeah. He just kind of curls up in a ball and asks for his wishing stick back. We then cut to the Rock of Eternity, where we see uh, Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind, who I Mm. love Mr. Mind. He's always been one of my all-time favorite characters. I love his design. I don't know why. There's something about (laughs) that design. I just, it appeals to me. It's this weird worm with a radio. Yeah, it's the simplicity It's just so great. (laughs) And they unlock the door to the monster lands. Ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. And so there they meet the dummy, who is like this evil ventriloquist dummy. It was really a a man who was cursed by the wizard long ago, turned into this evil that's gross yeah. and then they uh, hop on a boat that's going to take them over to the uh, big castle right and uh, it's it's they arrive at the big giant castle in the monster lands and we cut away back to the Shazam family and they're back home and they're all having dinner yep. together and it's vegan because you know <laughs> a tiger's not going to feed you meat for crying out loud yeah. he's an animal he doesn't believe in eating animals and Eugene's like I can't eat any of this where's the meat and Freddie's like don't worry after this we'll go get some cheesesteaks there you go <laughs> and so <laughs> and so and uh, you know Cece who is which I love Cece Beck yep. the original mm-hmm. artist who created Co-created, um, Cap, well, Captain Marvel, and he. Hey, uh, we don't want them to get in trouble. My bad, my bad. Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> he, the, I, I like that they named Billy's father Cece. Yeah. In honor of Cece Beck, that's very cool. Anywho, so Billy runs upstairs, takes some food to the to the wizard who's up in his room, and the wizard, he's like, I know you don't need to eat, but here's some food if you need some, and uh, then he goes, Hey, what did you do with King Kid? And the wizard's like, It's not your concern. He's really grouchy. Yeah. And uh, Billy's like, well, we feel like we kind of failed him, you know. And there has to be some good in him. And Shazam, and the wizard's like, he's been sent back to the Funlands, and the adults have been freed. They'll decide what to do with him. That's really not creepy. good. Yeah. That can't be good, Stephen. <laughs> that can't be good. We then cut back to the big castle in the Monsterlands. Mm-hmm. And we find out that this, the Monsterlands, used to be called the God Realm, which was the most beautiful realm of them all, where mm-hmm. all the wizards lived. Yeah. But the wizards, uh, you know, the, the, the godlands where they all lived, and it was like a utopia, and the Rock of Eternity was a place they all took pilgrimages to, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the nexus between the seven lands, okay? After Black Adam's betrayal, the wizards all got paranoid, so they hid the Rock of Eternity from everyone, mm-hmm. right? And then they, um, then they uh, sealed off the... Uh, magic from the world to keep it to themselves, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And eventually the Godland became the monster land where they hid the monsters yes. and sealed it off forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as we're in the castle of the monster land, Stephen, we see a big tapestry of some of the, of some of the um, main monsters. There's mm-hmm. seven, uh, not seven. There's more than that. There's one, two, three, four, five, five, six. I counted like maybe nine. Nine. There's yeah. nine of them. One of them is, is, is Mr. Mr. Mind, Mind, by yep. the way. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they're there to free the others. Well, there's one cell. Mr. Mind goes, you 
don't need to go to that cell. <laughs> yeah, that 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 one that one there. We're not gonna we're not gonna ask him to join us. He's got nothing to do with magic. They don't want what we want. Let's just mm-hmm. leave him alone. Mm-hmm. They walk on. We go into the cell, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. Oh snap! Oh, you knew. <laughs> What is with comics this week just making me go, what? And just popping huge. First, the original Agents of Atlas, then Hercules, then Marvel Boy, now Superboy Prime. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> what? It's Superboy Prime, and he is all Superboy Primey. Yep. He is angry and mad and crying and whatever, and he's like, I'm going to. I'm going to get my hands on Billy Batson and rip his face off. <laughs> all right. We then cut to Freddy talking with Billy. Later that night, and Billy's like, I don't know about the wizard. He seems really mean, mm-hmm. and I was chosen to be his champion. And Freddy's like, he's got a lot going on. He's 500 years old. It's going to be cranky. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> and then we cut to, um, you know, Cece saying, um, uh, getting a little spot in the bed, thanking, thanking um, uh, the, the Victor and Rose yeah. to, to for allowing him to stay. And then we come back to the monster land, and we see that... They're in front of a big door where behind it is the Monster Society. Yes! Classic, classic, (laughs) classic Shazam villains. And Mr. Mind is like, Dr. Savannah, we're going to just, all we got to do is open this door and the war will begin. And then we cut back to the home, um, our Shazam family home. And we see Cece sleeping on the bed. And then the wizard walks downstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. And he blasts Cece with some magic lightning and kills him. Yep. What the what? Yeah. And that's the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. What the hell, Steven? I did not see that coming. Nope. That took a... What the hell? That took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Shazam number 10, what'd you think? Um, I thought it was great. I... I have consistently loved this title from oh, the very beginning. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I, it kills me that it, it gets delayed so much. I, you know, I, I love Jeff Johns Dale cannot Eagle release Sham. cannot release a comic on time to save his life anymore. <laughs> Jeff Johns keeps teaming up with artists who yeah. just can't meet a monthly schedule. They can't. Yeah. Look, I love Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. Love him to death, but the man just can't keep a schedule. No. And you know what? I adore Dale Eaglesham. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, facts are facts. Yep. I can't sugarcoat it. The man can't keep a monthly schedule. Nope. He can't. <laughs> he just can't. No. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It really mm-hmm. sucks. Because it's a great title. Oh, and, yeah. and, and And the delays in the shipping on such a young title, Stephen, are going to – it's going to affect the sales. Yeah. It just will. That totally stinks. It does. It really does. Because this is a fun comic. Mm-hmm. Again, capital, all caps letters. Yep. Fun. <laughs> Multiple exclamation points. Yes. It's just great. It, I have a smile on my face from from cover to cover. Yep. It, it's so great. It is. I mean, this is what superhero comics are all about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Fun. Action. Adventure. Teamwork. Camaraderie. Family. Friendship. Mm-hmm. Mystery. Monsters. Yep. It, it's got Adventure. it all. Yeah. It's got it all. <laughs> and, and, and it's... in. I really think this does. is crazy immersive. Yes. I, I think Johns has created such an immersive setting. Mm-hmm. He really has yeah. with the with the, the Seven Lands, mm-hmm. the Rock of Eternity, and 
even the foster home, yeah. an incredibly immersive setting where I find myself getting pulled in so deep and completely getting lost in. Yeah. I, I just find it an incredibly deep, well-built-out, well-constructed setting. Yeah, it is. And the family, I love the Shazam family. Mm-hmm. I love each and every one of the Shazam family members. I love the foster parents. I love Cece. I love Talkie Tawny. Yeah. I, I love them all. I think the chemistry is genuine. It feels real. Mm-hmm. The connections between the family members feels real. The dialogue between them feels genuine. Mm-hmm. It feels like real kids, real yeah. family. And they all have their own unique voice. And that they're all well-developed with mm-hmm. their own personalities, their own unique voice. And that creates that amazing chemistry. And it all just feels so genuine. Mm-hmm. Lots of heart yeah. to it. I agree. That's what attracts me to the title. Yep. You know, <laughs> and and it's and it, so you got the great character work and the great small moments because there are plenty of good small moments between Billy and Freddie, mm-hmm. Billy and Cece, combined with big, larger than life action scenes mm-hmm. and big, larger than life settings. Yes. It, not a lot of comics on the market are delivering what Johns is delivering on Shazam. No, definitely not. Um, there, it's uh, it amazes me. There's just so much about this that in lesser hands just wouldn't work. I mean, the fact that the main characters are six kids. Yeah. Um, Imagine Bendis writing this. Oh my god. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> it'd be a hashtag sh- something. It'd be as shallow and vapid oh as god. possible. Yeah, and um, I mean, even just the uh, the. The thing with the like with CC like I was I was expecting like when he first showed up I was like oh he's gonna be the the terrible deadbeat dad right. now he right. wants you know, whatever but no he's actually a very compelling character and you yep. feel for him yep and you feel bad after after what happens at the end like no I know seriously <laughs> jeez um but yeah it's it's just and the the stuff with King Kid I thought was really compelling. Very like, compelling. You feel really bad for you him. You do. I feel generally bad for that character. Yeah, and um, which she, it, I don't know where that's gone these days. I mean, it's 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 hard to make you know to make a the villain like that. Mm-hmm. You know where you're. It's like yeah, he kind of had to go, but I mean, you know, think about it. You know, he's he's abused kid. Yeah. He just wanted to make people happy. He was wrong, but mm-hmm. he wasn't you know, malicious about it. At least mm-hmm. I don't think so. So that just shows the, um, good character work that Johns is really good at. And of course it also has his other big strength. Well, probably his greatest strength is, you know, the world building yes. with the, yes. the monster lands. I thought that oh. was so cool oh. that that was the, oh. that was like the place yes. for so long. Yes. And then, you know, black Adam ruined oh. everything. And As so he does. Yeah. He tends to do that. Doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, aren't you, Johns is, He's a brilliant plotter. Oh, yeah. He knows how to juggle multiple plot lines mm-hmm. and create a story that's very dense and complex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love that we got three big things going, Stephen. I'm really yeah. excited about it. You got the Monster Society returning. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited <laughs> to see that. Aren't you? To see yes. what Johns has planned for the Monster Society? Yes. This should be so much fun. And then you've got <laughs> the wizard killing Cece. And how is Billy yeah. going to react to that? Mm-hmm. And is the wizard really good like what's going on johns has planted the seed of a doubt in the reader's mind i mean mr mind is not a trustworthy narrator no so him talking about the wizards hoarding magic and cutting it off and being 
totally sketchy shady, yeah. and shady. He's not a reliable narrator. No. But it still puts the seed of doubt in the reader's mind that mm-hmm. when we see the wizard kill Cece, that seed of doubt that Mr. Mind planted in yeah. the reader's mind now is like, whoa, 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 hold up. Is he bad? Yep. So he does, that's a cool plot line. I'm excited to learn more about. Mm-hmm. And then the third plot line involving Superboy Prime. Really? What? Yeah. What? There you what? go. You know that. We're getting that at some point. Yep. We're getting that at some point. Come mm-hmm. on. So I'm just like, <laughs> oh, so, so many things I want answers to. Yes. And I want the next issue right now to get those answers. Because there's a lot of really, I, I really want to see how all this plays out. Yes, I do too. It, oh. Yeah, to, to end the way that is, like, what? I know. No! Look, if you like superhero comics, Shazam is definitely worth getting. Absolutely. I mean, it is straight up superhero with the capital S and H <laughs> comic book. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, straight up. And it has a lot of classic, classic Silver Age superhero themes mm-hmm. it repackaged in a very, very modern way. Absolutely. Best of both worlds. We're best yes, of both worlds. I would say so. And um I mean we've already we've already talked about how much we love Dale Eagle Sham, but mm-hmm. God, he is He's awesome. He's just so good. He is. I adore his artwork so much. It's it's almost unfair to I everyone else. <laughs> it is. I just gotta love freaking love his art. Yeah. God when he was God, when he was drawing Hickman's Fantastic Four, yep. it's just like Oh, talk about modern day Jack Kirby. Yeah. God, it was beautiful. Ugh. All right, Steven, how'd you grade out Shazam number 10? <laughs> um, I will give, I'll give the writing. I've got to give it another nine. I thought it was fantastic. Yes, sir. Um, and the art, God, nothing against Scott Collins, but it's a tough act to follow. No Dale Eagle sham. No. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to dock it a point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> have a go for an eight. Right, right. I'm going to, I'm right there with you. The, the writing nine night girls out of 10, yeah. the art Dale gets 10 out of 10. Yes. Scott gets seven out of 10. Yeah, that's fair. That's how I do it. Just average it out. Yeah. Yep. Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, last up, Wonder Woman number 750. Again, yes. Steven, I thought this was going to be a big deal. Yeah. What we got was an anthology issue. Full of little stories that yeah. didn't really do much of anything for me or set up this franchise for a new direction. No, that I could tell. They, yeah, they were, well, I mean, they had Steve Orlando finish his story. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. A uh, format-wise, I prefer this better than the. Well, let's give everybody two pages oh, in the God. Yeah, Action yeah, yeah. Comics one thousand or whatnot. Yes. I'd rather like okay, let some people have. Some time to I, develop I something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have as much of a problem with it. I was just kind of like, I mean, it's, these are fine for what they are. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I was hoping for more like an actual, like, celebration. Yeah. Like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, this is Wonder Woman. It's fantastic, isn't it? Right. And, um, I mean... I think the main story probably did a better job of that in ending whatever was happening. Right. And, you know, reaffirming, you know, this is her, this is what she tries to do. And I like the one with Cersei a little bit. I thought that to- said more about yes. her character. Yes. And what makes her special and yes. whatnot. Um, the others, I mean, they're whatever. I didn't dislike any of them. Yeah. Um, well, okay, there's one I didn't like. <laughs> and it was... Um, 
summoning the Hydra so that she can come home so they can ask her all these rando questions. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, th- this doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> this yeah, does yeah, not yeah. work for me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. No. Uh, the, 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 the first story is the Wild Hunt finale. Yes. So Steve Orlando doing the words. Mm-hmm. Jesus Marino doing the pencils. Vicente mm-hmm. Cifuentes doing the inks. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's it's it, it wraps up Orlando's story arc. Wonder Woman, um, you know, gets control of her lasso and uh, basically, you know, takes down Cheetah mm-hmm. and puts Hera in her place and says, "I'm my own woman." And Cheetah, you need to, you need to, uh, you know, turn over a new leaf. Cheetah, of course. Does not do that. Yeah. You know, it makes it, it makes a getaway. Yep. And um And the silencer is in it. And the silencer's in it as well. Fun. And, and <laughs> fun. And Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know, basically tells Hera, you know, you know what? I thank you for all you've done, but you know, I'm not gonna be defined by you. Yeah. I'm gonna define myself. I'm gonna define my mission. Um, you know, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. So buzz off. <laughs> basically. Hera leaves. And, uh, you know, we have Wonder Woman going back to Themyscira. 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 Or as I call it, Paradise Island. Paradise Island. Uh, Hey, that's good, too. I like it. She goes back to Paradise Island, and there she has forged for her brand new bracelets. Mm -hmm. The toughest, strongest, most badass bracelets ever made in the history Mm -hmm. of the Amazons, they say. Yeah. Strongest ever. And, they, and she got to make it with her mother, which is kind of cute. Right. She makes it with her mom, and um, which is nice. And, uh, you know, they hug, and then she flies off with her sword, uh, her sword that she gets, and her new bracelets, and her lasso. And mm-hmm. bum, 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 bum. that's the end of it. And mm-hmm. then we end, uh, no, we get a little, I guess we're kicking off the new story arc um, mm-hmm. with, I don't know, some guy, does some cop arresting her when she gets back to Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just your hook ending to get you to come back for the next issue. I get yeah. whatever. Uh, that that little story. I mean, what? Whatever. I haven't been reading Wonder Woman, so yeah. it's it's fine enough. You, you you liked it. Wrapped up the story arc fine. It's fine. Yeah, I did. I mean, I like Steve Orlando. I think he's. I do too. He's very talented. I do too. Um, I really love the art. Oh, Jesus so Moreno much. kills it. The Ugh. art is gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous artwork. How would you grade that? Um, that story. Yeah. Um. Having kind of come in in and out of that story arc, I mean, I I really like the way he writes Wonder Woman. I agree, and I think that's the um, that's kind of the main draw. You kind of know, well, the cheat is not going to change; he's going to get away, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I really I really like that. So it, I'll give it a, I'll give it a seven. I think it moves well enough. It's enter- it's yeah, entertaining enough. It is. And the art, the art gets a mm, I'm art's great. between a nine and a ten. Yeah, the art's really damn good. I'm gonna give it a ten. It was so yeah, good. It's beautiful art. Like that last shot of Wonder Woman oh. like flying off. Oh. I was like, I want that as a poster. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, I agree. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I I will give you know the writing seven night girls out of ten. It's fine. The art though, Hazel Marino gets nine night girls out of ten for me. It's beautiful. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Then we get the next story we get, Stephen, is a little short story uh, from Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art is Colleen Doran, and uh, Hi-Fi does the colors. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, a, a little story with Wonder Woman and this little girl, Flower Girl, whatever her name is. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like at a cookout. And 
Star Blossom, that's her name. Yeah. That's the little girl's name, Star Blossom. And they're at a cookout, and it's just really about how Wonder Woman is the inspiration to Star Blossom. Yeah. It's utterly it's it's fluff. cute. I think it's cute. Okay. But it's not I mean, it, it's fluff, but fluff can be cute sometimes. <laughs> I mean, okay, I read it. Got it right. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not the target audience, so there it is. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, okay. How would you grade out that one? Um, well, just I thought it was cute does not mean I think it was great or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, understood. Um, <laughs> but I, eh, I would, I'd, I'd probably give it, I'll give the writing a Five and um, the art was okay. It wasn't great. It kind of it fit with what with the story that they uh, were trying to tell. I guess. I guess. Um. So I'll get. I'll give the art a five as well. Yeah. This in the middle. Yeah. Okay. I'll give the. I mean, it's. It's. It's a very niche story appealing to a very niche audience. So and it's not that interesting. <laughs> um. I'm gonna go four nickels out of ten for the writing. Four nickels out of ten for the art and. Moving on. <laughs> um, the next one is written by... Why do they put the creative team at the back? <laughs> why, Stephen? Why? This one doesn't... Oh, here we go. Oh, this so, is actually geez, right at the beginning. <laughs> it's like tucked into the TV screen of a panel. This issue, this story is is written by Mariko Tamaki, artist Eleno Casagrande, and colors by Sunny Go. Mm-hmm. And this is basically just a Wonder Woman being interrogated by a cop. And the cop turns out to be Ares. Mm-hmm. And essentially the cop was just, you know, talking about, you know, who are you and what do you do? And why do you do what you do? And then he turns out to be Ares. And she's like, ah, you know, this isn't your interrogation, Ares. It's my interrogation of you, and we've turned out to find out that we're not in a police station. And in fact, we have it's it's he's in some type of <laughs> I don't know. They don't really we don't know. They don't yeah. tell us he's in some kind of room. Yeah, and that room is in some identified building. Yeah, and is that Cersei? I Who don't... is that? We don't know. An unnamed blonde woman? Yeah. <laughs> but no one tells you, do they? I mean, is it told? are you told in the story who she is? Mm, I don't think so. No. So, and <laughs> she, one of them says, it's my interrogation of you, of you, Aries, not your interrogation of me, but she doesn't ask him anything. <laughs> I literally don't understand the story. It has no point or purpose whatsoever. It has no explanation for the setting or for what's going on. It is literally an underdeveloped skeleton of a story put to art that looks like it was written probably while you're on the bathroom, (laughs) toilet, pinching one out. I mean, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, that was awful. That was awful. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> how, would you, how would you grade that one? Um, I'll give the, um, I'll give the writing a... Oh, yeah. And a 
I love, I, like, it, I love stupid dialogue like this, Stephen. What it begins with the cop who's Aries. Right. We don't know him yet, and he, he sits, sits down next to him and goes, "Wonder Woman." Am I saying that right? I know. Wait. What? Yeah, I know. And she responds, "Is there another way to say it?" He responds, "Just being thorough." What? Wait. What? What? That joke only works if it's a weird name. Otherwise, what, what happened? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, um. I'll. Well, nah, that's a good point for that joke. It's just I'll not good it, writing. Uh, yeah, it's not good. I'll, I'll, <laughs> get, I'll give it a, a two. Nah. <laughs> um. The art, though. It's a shame nothing happened. I know. Um, art's pretty cool. I, I liked it a yeah. lot. I'll give that an eight. Yeah. That's the only reason I didn't hate this story. Yeah, it's I agree. Like, Ooh, pretty. It looks yeah. kind of anime-ish. It does look anime-ish. Yeah. It absolutely looks anime-ish. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go the story. Yeah, it's just, it's wretched writing. It's two Nichols out of ten. <laughs> In the art, though, I like the art. I'll go seven Nichols out of ten. Yeah. All right, Stephen. The next little story is, oh boy, brought to us by... Greg Rucka doing the words. Mm -hmm. Nicola Scott doing the art. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And in this one, basically, Wonder Woman captures Cheetah so Cersei can put the lasso of truth around her. Or, no, sorry, cast a spell around her. Mm -hmm. And get her to say her real name. And in saying her real name, she'll turn back into her normal self and no longer be the Cheetah. Mm -hmm. Her chance to be good, right? Yes. And instead, Cheetah says her real name is Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Thereby staying the cheetah. Yeah. And we end with Cersei saying, hey, we tried. And woman goes, well, we did try, and I'll try again. I'll never give up. End of issue. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I mean, on its own, if you were to say who is Wonder Woman and what does she do and what is her character about, you could probably just show them this, and that'll that'll be good. I think maybe there's a little too much wasted on... Cersei is wasted in New Orleans, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to suffer. Could have done, done without that. <laughs> we have to suffer through one, two, two three, three, four pages of yeah. Cersei just drinking it up in New yeah. Orleans. Like, why are we here for this? That that four pages yeah, could have been one. <laughs> yeah, that was like, uh, okay. So cut, uh, well, condense those into one page. Right. Right. two, God help you if you oh, have to. Oh, God. If you have to, uh-huh. um, no, the rest is fine. The rest, the rest is fine. The rest, the rest is fine. Yeah. And it's Nicola Scott, so the art is oh, gore- yeah. gorgeous because mm. Nicola Scott is phenomenal. She is fantastic. Yeah, she really is fantastic. How would you grade out this one? Um, I'll give the writing. I'll give that a six. Uh, just because it's a good primer does not mean it's a great, great yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the art, oh my god, I give it a nine. Yeah, so good. I agree. I agree. Ugh. I'll give the writing, you know, six night girls out of ten, yeah. and the art nine night girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, the next one is a little short uh, by Cami Garcia. Dude, some of these writers, Stephen, I don't know where they get <laughs> these people. I mean, seriously, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Cammy Garcia is the writer. Phil Hester is the pencils. Andre yeah. Parks is the inks. And this is just, uh, we're on Paradise Island, and one woman is there. And it's just all about how, uh, you know, how Amazons are trained. It's just her origin on Paradise Island, how she grew up there, was mm-hmm. trained by the Amazons, warrior, princess, blah, 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 and yeah. sees Trevor. Um, uh, Crashing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or is his plane coming his down? His plane coming down during World War II. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Boom. That's it. There it's, you it's, go. It's, it's just a quick recap of her on Paris Island before she comes over. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, it's fine, I guess. It's it's the recap. Yep. There you go. Nothing yep. too yep. special about it. Nope. Um, so, but nope. because it's not terrible, I will give, I'll give the writing a four and the art. I really like Phil Hester. I think he's very good. Um, he's done some good stuff in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. This is just okay. It's very kind of cartoony, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's more the, the coloring or the, mm-hmm. the line work. Right. But it's, it's fine. So I'll just give it a five. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, uh, the writing, uh, yeah, four nickels out of 10. Yeah. Whatever. It's just a very basic, very basic origin story yeah. that does nothing interesting or new with it. Mm-hmm. And Phil Hester, I like Phil Hester in certain scenarios, yeah. in certain type of comics. So like, you know, Robert Kirkman's, uh, you know, Ant-Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> good match. Yeah. One Woman, horrid match. I think it, <laughs> I think it just looks looks terrible. I'll give it three necklaces out of ten. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next one, Stephen. Words by Shannon and Dean Hale. Mm-hmm. Art by Riley Rosmo. Okay. All right. And this one, it's Wonder Woman fighting Calabac. Mm-hmm. And she beats Calabac. And the crowd cheers her. And then you see her racing off to Paradise Island to beat up a monster there. Mm-hmm. And the other Amazons help out. And they beat the monster. It's like a Hydra. Right. And then all the Amazons like, whoop, whoop, we're the best. <laughs> and then one woman, um, you know, has a drink with her mom. Yep. A lot bigger than her mom. Like a lot bigger than her mom, which mm-hmm. is really weird because her mom is the queen of the Amazons. So you think she'd be pretty big too. Yeah. I mean, she's really bigger than the mom. Anyhow, that's the end of that story. What'd you think? Um, yeah, I didn't like that one. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really like anything about it. it was, I didn't um, either. <laughs> it was just so like, is that what you think women all act like? I mean, come on now. Like, you know, we think with Wonder Woman, you want to be a little more like empowering, you yes. know, and not just like, oh, well, they got these warrior women and they're going to act like a bunch of catty, uh, Sex in the City characters. Ooh, and they kind of do act like that, don't they? Yeah, it's the the only thing missing was Starbucks, and you know they can't do that because Paradise Island, and you know <laughs> blah blah blah. But um, yeah, <laughs> I did, and I mean, and the the art was just oh, that was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It was just a horrible. It's an absolute dumpster fire. It's horrific. <laughs> It is like a Picasso painting nightmare. It's terrible. I was going to say, it looks like the very worst of like modern art. Oh, it's <laughs> awful. It's just horrid. I just had to stare at it. I was like, what does it mean? Oh, God. <laughs> I was transfixed by the sheer awfulness of it all. I was like General Kurtz halfway through it going, the horror. The horror. God. Ugh. Yeah, not feeling that at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> no. How would you grab this one, Steven? <laughs> well, um, I will give the... <sighs> the writing and the art both get a two from me. You know what? I'm not even going to think more about it. Two night goals out of ten for the art and yeah, for the writing. Just go with your gut. Exactly. Moving on. Yeah. The next one is a bombshell story. Yes. And that's uh, written by Marguerite Bennett, mm-hmm. art by Laura Braga, 
and colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. Mm-hmm. And this is just it's just set in the bombshell world and it gives you the origin story of bombshell. Yeah, uh, bombshell Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman and, and how all whatnot. the different bombshells, the Batgirl, Batwoman, bomb, Batwoman bombshell, Supergirl bombshell, Mara, Mara bombshell, yeah. how they all relate to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. Yeah, I mean. I didn't miss no, anything, did I? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, for me, it this, wasn't really much of a story. <laughs> no, 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 it really wasn't. It, yeah. it, you're right. It, it really isn't a story. It's, it's like just, a teaser, like yeah, an advertisement. It is almost. more like an ad for bombshells. Yeah. Um, what I liked about it was the art. Yeah. The art's fantastic. I was going to say that is the best advertising you oh, could ever ask for. Oh, the art is uh, awesome. I, I would get bombshells. I, I mean, I like bombshells just for the art. Mm-hmm. I don't want really to care about the story. The art is just. Wow. I love it. I think, yeah. I mean, all the costumes look amazing supergirl's costume yes. is aces in my opinion just aces costume i yeah. love supergirl's costume and wonder woman's costume yeah. is just awesome i mean just so damn good yeah. I, I i love the art yeah, that, that's all too. i really cared about i just yeah, want to look I, at the art <laughs> how would you grade out the bombshell story um well there is no story well, so true. i'm gonna put <laughs> na in that one uh, the art that's a that's a nine yeah. 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 I agree. I totally agree. Uh, and, you know, honestly, you know, you know, NA might be the appropriate score for the <laughs> story, Stephen, for the writing, because there's really no writing story there. Um, and the art, you're right. It's nine nine girls out of ten. All day, every day. Next one, Stephen, is Vita Ayala doing the words Amanke Nahalpan doing the mm-hmm. art. And J. David Ramos doing the colors. Yeah. And this one, it's on an Argus inpatient facility where Wonder Woman battles, oh, what's her name? Uh, Silver Swan. Silver Swan, yeah. Yes. And Wonder Woman defeats her and then uses her power of love to try to heal her. Because mm-hmm. Silver Swan, Swan, that is right, right? Yeah, Silver, Silver Swan. Swan. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> you know, hates Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman is like, you know what? I'm really sorry you felt alone. I'm sorry. You know, because she blames Wonder Woman for everything bad in her life. Mm -hmm. Okay, basically. Wonder Woman is the reason why everything in her life stinks. Mm -hmm. That's why she hates her. And um, I like this this story a lot because here's this villain who's been punching away at a Wonder Woman. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's been beating the hell out of each other, right? It's a knockdown, dragout fight. They're beating the hell out of each other. And Wonder Woman ties Silver Swan up in the lasso. And she, in the... Silver Swan's just like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Yeah. And one woman just hugs her, mm-hmm. apologizes, and says that, you know, I can't help you if you, you don't let me, but, you know, I want to. Yeah. And just holds her. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with um, Wonder Woman in Diana Prince outfit mm-hmm. v- visiting Silver Swan, who is now much better, mm-hmm. or getting better. Obviously, yeah. she's no longer villain costume and everything she's rehabbing now yeah and the two of them hugging and um diana saying she'll always be here she meant it she'll always be here and um so this i thought was great because really i think sometimes people you know because you know hashtag strong female character yeah principle strong lady whatever (laughs) you know wonder woman's strength is it her it's love it's love and compassion. Mm-hmm. I know that's not Carol Danvers. Soon. Ting. You know, <laughs> it's not all that, you know, super buff manly stuff. Yeah. 
she's the most powerful female in the D- in the DCU, mm-hmm. and her character is about love, yeah, and compassion, mm-hmm. and it always has been. Yep. This story perfectly encapsulates that. Yeah, Wonder Woman is tough as hell and yeah. can go toe to toe with anyone because she's a freaking Amazon. She's incredibly strong, mm-hmm. no doubt. So she can go toe to toe with anybody and she'll slug with anybody. Yep. But that's not her character. Mm-hmm. Her character is love and compassion. Yeah, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Nailed it with the story. Yeah. So I liked it a lot. I thought this yeah. this story I thought was a great way to to show readers. Who maybe hopped on this to get, you know mm-hmm. a celebration of Wonder Woman and what makes her special? Yeah, this I think nails what makes Wonder Woman special. Yeah, I agree. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, and it does it. It does it without the um, without the fluff of the of Rucka's one, which because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we have two really good like this is who Wonder Woman is mm-hmm. kinds of stories, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean this one it has a little more you know action and stuff going on, so it kind of keeps people's attention a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean I. I really liked it a lot as well. And yes, dude, the art, the art. Where oh, are these people, are these and people why are you not hiring from? them? <laughs> why are these people? Why is DC not giving these people more work? Yes, this because I've never heard of Amenke Nahuelapan. I'm probably butchering that name to death, but I've never heard of this artist. This artist fantastic. is fantastic. Yeah, why isn't this artist getting more work? Mm-hmm. This art is incredible. Yeah, Absolutely. it's incredible, Stephen. Yes, it's gorgeous. This artist needs to get more work. Mm-hmm. Whoever this person is, they need more work. Yeah. Because this art's incredible. It's just amazing. Yeah. It, it wow. Lo- I mean, it looks very... It's awesome. funny. We saw Nicola Scott, Nicola Scott-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. It's I do, too. fantastic. I agree. I agree. How would you grade out this story? Um, I will give this story... I will give the writing... Uh, I'll give the writing an eight. And I'll give the art a nine. Yeah. Yeah, I it's really good. It's really all you need from mm-hmm. to just this, you know, this is who this character is, why it's special mm-hmm. from the perspective of somebody who, you know, whether her motives are, you know, kind of weird or not, it's right. like, you know, this is it's like a complete arc of a character almost. Yeah, I agree. In a short story. I agree. Um I'm gonna go same with you, writing eight necros out of ten, art mm-hmm. nine necros out of ten. Really yeah. good stuff. Uh, then we get the story by Scott Snyder and Brian Hitch, mm-hmm. and it's uh, very—it's uh, a World War II story, yeah. starring Golden Age Wonder Woman. Yep, and it's—it's—it's—it's—it is Diana, not not yeah, it's not Hippolyta. 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 So it is her mama. So it is Diana as as Golden Age Wonder Woman once again, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, it's kind of neat, right? Yeah, and it's it's just. There's really is not great a lot. looking outfit, yeah. Yeah, it's the classic golden age uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really. It's just retelling the golden age origin, yes. and ending with the form the you know Alan Scott and hinting at the formation of the Justice League. And it says the beginning where society. The, I'm sorry, it's just a society. Yeah, it, hinting at the formation of the Justice Society. It, it's just yeah. it just giving giving readers uh what the uh, the original golden age one was like. Yeah, re- I guess resetting her and her place in the because yeah. that's because it used to be that um, Hippolyta was she the Golden was Age Wonder Woman, the Golden Age Woman, right, right. So but, this is a little soft, soft retcon. Yes, because that was it. something that people were kind of up and I was like, "What? She was before the Justice Society? What is this?" I'm just like, it's "So what? <laughs> just yeah, let it go." <laughs> I'm fine with Diana being the Wonder Woman in the Golden Age. Yeah, Why not? exactly. It makes more sense anyway. She's she's immortal. Mm-hmm. It, it makes more sense for her to be. Yeah, and, and we have a long history of Diana being the Wonder Woman 
in the Golden Age. In the Golden Age, that, yeah. That, that was kind of how it was. The retcon the, was, was, <laughs> was Hippolyta. Hippolyta yes. was the retcon. Mm-hmm. So this is the original DCU yeah. continuity. So I'm fine with the That's original totally DCU continuity fine. coming yeah. back. <laughs> you and I are on the same page with that, right. huh? Mm-hmm. How would you uh, grade that one? Um, I mean, the, the story, there's not a whole lot to it. No. Um, so I'll just, but it's not terrible. So no. it's, it's just considered a five. Um, the art, I mean, I, Brian Hitch, he, yep. I've long thought that he was one of, one of those like top tier, like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like I'll read something if he's drawing it mm-hmm. and he's really he's great here. That splash yep. shot, the yep. one with her standing with all the doves coming mm-hmm. out again. Peace. Yeah. Peace. And, um, poster, please. Thank you. Yep. DC. Yep. I agree. <laughs> So I'll give it. I'll give the art and uh, I'll give the art an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, story. I'm with you. I'll, I'll give it like a whatever. <laughs> six night girls. Out of, I mean, those, it's always fine. It's, yeah, it's sure. fine. It's fine. It's six night girls yeah. out of ten. And the art, I'll go. Um, I'll go eight night girls out of ten. Sure. Um, all right. And that's the issue, Stephen. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Not a bad selection of comics. Actually, su- Stephen, surprising. We we were surprised. Well, we had we had more we, we, we had more hits than misses this time. We, I think. we did we? Well, hold on. Let's think about it for a second. Wow. We didn't like Excalibur. No. Atlantis attacks. We didn't like until the very end. Yes. Okay, so that's probably a negative. Yeah. <laughs> you can't let the last page. I, would say I can't a let the net I negative. I can't, yeah. I, can't let, I can't let the the single solitary final page of an issue make the whole issue good. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. We liked one page. <laughs> okay, fair point. Fair point. Okay, so that was a negative too. Yay. <laughs> but we like Batman. Oh yeah. We like Guardians. Yes. Shazam. Mm-hmm. That's three. Yeah. One woman. I guess one woman for us kind of fell in the middle. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a half point, I guess. It's a half win. Yeah, it's a half. Okay. Well, it's a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's better than some weeks, Stephen. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's better than some. And next next uh, podcast, Stephen. Yes. Spoiler alert. Oh no. We've done Marauders. Yeah. We've done Excalibur. Yeah. Next podcast, Fallen Angels. Oh my. Get ready. Why can't we do X Factor or <laughs> X Men? No, X Force is the one that yeah, that X-Force Ben Percy does. That one's yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Right. I guess it's too. I guess it's too much to ask for <laughs> review a good X Men title, <laughs> given that we missed the House of X and Powers of X. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, Stephen. We'll get there. Yeah. All right, my friend. Until next time, viva la revolution. <laughs>